welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. podcast to listen on soundcloud apple podcast spotify google play um i recently searched us and somehow we're also on iHeartRadio. yeah um, that's the thing <laughs> we're, we're, we're actually on a bunch of sites that have no idea how we got on but we're there so um wow yeah whatever your favorite podcast app is we might be on there even though i didn't put us on there but we're definitely on iHeartRadio. radio that was cool so uh yeah, give us a listen on whatever your uh, choice of podcast app I, is. Imagine we have like a million like subscribers on the like, Car Radio. We just don't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> just been neglecting a whole fan base. <laughs> but uh, yeah, shout out to us if you're listening. Uh, shout out to you if you're listening on our radio. Uh, send questions to Dodo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Hit us up on social media at the Dodo Talk Podcast Facebook page as well as the Instagram page, and you can follow me on Twitter and Twitch, at Serial Sensei, and of course, as always, I'm joined with my co-host, Antaku, what's going on, man? Um, yeah, it's been a week, it's been a week, um, I'm not trying to remember it, um, I chaperoned, um, a middle school dance on Friday. And that was still somehow only the second loudest thing that's happened to me this week. Mm. Yeah, so I I had the, um, I was, I don't even know what the hell you call it. I was, I guess I was setting up chairs, um, for a concert today and I had to sit through the whole thing and it was in a barn. And, uh. Yeah, all, normally, like they put the the band performs at the the front of the barn, the audience is outside, and I normally stay out with the audience. But today, I was like, I don't want to sit out with the audience because like I'm the only black person here, <laughs> and like every time I walk outside, it kind of feels like they're all staring at me. So I'm like, I'm gonna sit in the barn today and work on this paper and you know actually be productive. But oh my god, the band was. Like, so, according to the vocalist slash guitarist, like, the drummer couldn't hear the vocalist because the speakers were outside while the drummer was inside. <laughs> so, the drum, like, so they were just, like, completely off kilter. And, like, to make up for it, the drummer just decided to drum really, really loudly. So, for, like, a solid two hours... All I could hear was the drummer. Uh. And I think my eardrums are about to bust. I was going to ask what kind of band plays in a barn, but I think I have an idea. Like, what what, uh, what kind of music? Uh, no, like <laughs> It's all like 50s and 60s rock music. Okay. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. 
Yeah, your Elvis Presley impersonators. Uh, well, they today they played a little Bob Dylan, but it, I, I think it was more aggressive than anything Bob Dylan's ever done. <laughs> that, that that man was beating that drum like it owed him money. Um, and, and they did a little James Brown and stuff. But like it's it's always the same exact type of fucking music. Uh, the dude who puts the thing together, he just likes that era, like that that era, that style of music. So like he just like he just hires bands he happens to go and see like in his free time. It's like oh they're good, we should have to play at the barn. And it's just like oh you you go to see the same style of X like every other week. So like it's it's the same, it's all the same. I'm not gonna begrudge them for it because they get a they they get a, a decent audience for it, but it's just like, yeah, I would probably get some younger kids in here if you played like, if you I don't know Fetty Wap or whatever. I don't know what's popular with the kids anymore. No, Fetty Wap at a barn. <laughs> I mean, the dude, he lives right there. I can see his city from my house. Like, <laughs> Fetty Wap at a barn would be wild. It's not like he's doing anything, it's, and he doesn't have to get on the plane. He's terrified of the plane. It's like he just. Hop in one of his cars and be like, "Oh, I'm gonna collect this easy five hundred dollars." And I don't know, go spend turn, it. Go, go, go turn up at the barn. Go spend it on some fucking. I don't even. What does he drink? Hennessy. Remy. Remy. He's a Remy boy. Remy. There we go. <laughs> but I'm just trying to imagine like a concert. Like, so I've, I've helped set up a concert before, but ours was like an outside, like kind of park thing. Right. We we do those too. It's just we have this space. Like I see, I have to stop saying we. It's my former job. Like they have this space. They they don't really have anything like. It, it's not optimized for like having like museum visitors, though it is a museum. Um, they just got rid of all the exhibits inside because it wasn't like they were all outdated and it wasn't ADA accessible and there's no lights outside. So like, even if you wanted to open it up late, like. You can't, and there's no heat. So, like, if it's cold or if it's really hot, like, they have to close because it, it gets ridiculously cold in there. So, like, it's only open certain times a year. Uh, they don't really have, like, a docent for the place. Um, they just fired the county historian. So, like, she was the one taking care of it. Like, so, the, like, they just use the space for whatever they see fit. Sometimes it's meetings. Sometimes it's well, four times a year. It's for music. Like they're gonna have a bluegrass concert there next month that I'm gonna be working. So they should let us do a podcast episode at the barn. Dude, they have great they have great acoustics in there. I, I will say that all the musicians love the inside of the barn. So all right, listeners, it, listener, it'd probably be our best sounding episode. <laughs> all right, listeners, we need y'all to show out. Y'all gotta come to the barn. <laughs> We can break down uh, what, what obscure car can we talk about there? UFC Singapore, Ben Askren, Damian Maya. <laughs> there we go. Y'all got y'all got to pull up to the barn, get get that Askren Maya breakdown that you need in your life. But before before we hop into like top listeners and all that all that good stuff, before before we started the show, we were talking about um, I guess music in general. Yeah, particularly '90s one-hit wonders, and um, pop punk. That's how we got on this. So, Blink One Eighty Two. Um, who were the other ones we mentioned? Uh, like Fallout Boy, Fallout Boy, Green Day. Yeah, like these are all bands that still tour and who can still bring in the crowd of like twenty thousand people. Like, 
if the if Green Day wanted to sell out, like I, I don't know, um, not Madison Square Garden, but like the Barclay Center, they could probably do it. it. Might take a little muscle, but they could probably do it. But like at the same time, like DMX, who came out roughly around the same time, was way more popular at his peak. Probably could not. And this weird dissonance, not dissonance, like, this weird difference. Like, hip-hop seems more like a fad culture, where, like, you're kind of lucky if you're still around after, like, 15, 20 years. That's, that's, that's changing a little bit. Like, you know, Kanye, Jay-Z, um, Fat Joe's had, like, a fucking hit record in every decade since, like, 1990. So, you know, it's not it, it's not written in stone, but it seems like the general rule of thumb. Like pull up DMX, we'll see what he's got going on. Like I, I listen, I love Nas, but like that dude ain't selling out MSG. I don't know. I think he could. Mm. I think he has a lot. Of, he has a lot of fans. I, I I don't think he could do it, man. I, I think he could. All right. I, I think if he says it's an illmatic 80th anniversary. I don't know how old that album is. It's not eight. It's like twenty something. Uh, twenty six, something like that. Some some around that. That sounds about. Yeah, right. it's about the same age as I am. So twenty six, yeah. Either way, uh, if you're in South Haven, Mississippi, uh, David Ban, oh, that's that David Banner, DMX, <laughs> will be at the Lander Center at the return of Three Six Mafia tour. That's the thing. Uh, Those are a lot of words. Yeah, he'll be at the Amphitheater in Florida, at the Lotus Music Festival. But oh wait, the the reason I brought all this up is because it, it, this conversation reminded me of something that of an article I read on Vice back in 2014, and I want to say I talked about it on the show before, but I can't remember, so we're gonna talk about it again. And the article, you wanna know what the title of the article is, my sensei? Yeah, what's going on? Um, Cameron had the saddest birthday party I've ever been to. <laughs> What happened at Cameron's birthday party? Um, th- I the thing is, nothing happened at Cameron's birthday party. Cameron, one of the most successful pop like pop like eh, popular rappers of the early two thousands. This agree? Yeah, yeah, he was up there. Definitely. Um, well, basically, this is an article about how Cameron. Has basically been reduced to, you know, nothing but uh, club appearances and, you know, basically a glorified, um, I don't want to call him like a selfie, uh, like a selfie caricature, but like, he's basically there for for you to be like, I'm at Cameron's birthday party in Miami. Here's a picture of me with him. And it's him right. in the background looking very upset because <laughs> yeah. this is how he makes his. So like th- this article is basically just a one. It's kind of um, indictment on Miami club culture. Um, what does he call it? Like the mecca for hedonist. <laughs> That's where he has to make his uh his rounds. Ugh, a Google camera on tour. It don't look like uh. I don't look like much is going on. I mean, Cameron's shows are... Wait, no, I'm thinking of Ja Rule. Never mind. 
Well, they are doing that. I feel like the Dipset reunion is a thing. I, I mean, they, they just released a mixtape or something, didn't they? Yeah. I don't know if they have a tour coming, though. I would hope they would. I would hope they would make a tour. Not that I'm going. But if you're going to do a reunion, like, you kind of have to do a tour. Let's see. Let's go to Ticketmaster. Oh, yeah, they'll be at the, uh... They'll be in North Carolina. Right. Oh, it's postponed. It says to be announced. All right, I, I got I got a two-paragrapher here for you. And we can just move on because, you know, we, we have 50,000 fights to talk about. That's, that's true. <laughs> Cameron then stepped to the podium in the middle of the VIP area and stood there while his another member of his entourage moves his shirt, revealing a tank top. The friend proceeded to take selfies next to Cameron. Women and promoters immediately joined him in, on the stage to get their Twitter-ready shots. Over the din, the stocky DJ kept on, the, uh, kept on hyping up the crowd by steadily reminding everyone how elite their company was. We got a lot of niggas tonight popping a lot of bottles. Where are my rich niggas at? There was so much fucking money in this building. Nobody handed Cam a bike. <laughs> People stood in the VIP's area watching as others took picture, uh, photos with his friend. Finally, he was escorted from the area to another tinier VIP area where he quietly stood for two hours. He hung, on, he hung in the back and played on his phone. He was behind two other rows of people and they were all standing still. It looked like they were being forced to take high school class photo. Hope he still has that pool that he had in that one video. Maybe he can go back there and have fun. Mm. Cam's birthday was on February 4th, which means other clubs in the city probably also paid him to hang out and pretend it was his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. I mean, you get paid to do something. You know, probably not the best of times, but yeah, you got to take what you can get. But uh, I think it just comes back to it, like, uh, who was it? Did we ever decide was Vic Mensa or Vince Staples? Like, fucking hip hop is stupid because nobody's going to care about you in like five years. I'm just going to say it was Vic Mensa. Yeah. <laughs> I have no fact to prove that, but I'm just going to say it was Vic Mensa. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. I'm, I mean, I love me some Purple Haze. Don't, like, don't get me wrong, but. Uh, that, that just made me feel sad. Like, damn, Cameron. He'll be, yeah, be fine. I'm sure he's still rich out of his goddamn mind. It's just... I hope. <laughs> what, I hope. It's like what we were talking about last week with Rashad. It's like... What things... Like, when people stop saying your name, like, how do you cope with that? And apparently it's by doing club appearances for, like, $5,000. Yeah. Whatever, uh, whatever keeps the lights on and the water in the pool. He still has that pool. <laughs> whatever, whatever works. Shouts to I mean, like, the camera. I mean, hey, like, look at it this way. He could be one of the other members of Dipset right now. <laughs> Joel's, Joel's, I have to travel with my mom, Santana, by court order. Or, or uh, Jim Jones, who was out here chilling, living his best life, and then... I mean, poor Jim Jones is a little strong. <laughs> I'm just saying, 
Jim Jones is chilling, making music. He's on some TV show. I don't know. I don't watch TV. And the next thing you know, he's in the Takashi case. I, like, I mean, he kind of brought that on himself, don't you think? Yeah, he did. He did. It was a random. I just wasn't wasn't expecting that. I, I remember, like, the last time I heard Jim Jones' name before, um, before like, the Takashi case. I didn't even hear about his album until afterwards. I, the last time I heard about his name, he was like he start, he was like on radio crying in an interview because like like he was like I did all the shit for camera and then he go and throw dirt on my name and fucking leave me out to dry like I was the thug he was the rapper we we're gonna do it together. It's just like damn, bro, you're really in your feelings right now. Life is hard. I'm like J- like J- you had a you, Jim. Ballin' was bigger than any other song you had probably deserved to have get, like, big. You, you did it. You overcame the odds. You, 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 he's basically the Neil Magny of hip-hop. That's <laughs> uh, kind of fair. So, that's, like, you, you, had your, the ballpark. you had... You had two hits. Yeah, pop champagne. Do you remember Ron Brown, Sensei? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. In Jim's defense, his last album was pretty good. I'll give him that. Okay. The new one that they're talking about is actually really good. All right. The 10 tracks I listened to was like 19 songs. I can't listen to 19 tracks. But Point being, first... Jim, Jim, Jim don't, don't be upset that Cameron decided that he was too big for you. Cause look at what you do when you left your like your own devices. You put out. You try to fucking get one of the most popular rappers in hip hop killed. <laughs> Lord, one of these episodes we'll talk about that. But we gotta move on. We gotta. We, we, there's so much stuff. Yeah. I was about to say shit, but that's unfair because that should go weak. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot, but uh. Listeners, quick shout out to you guys. Top cities for the week. Mountain View, California. San Francisco, California. Salem, Indiana. Uh-huh. Hermosillo, Mexico. And North Hollywood, California. So, shout out to you guys. Appreciate the listen. Share with a neighbor, friend, uh, person on the bus. All that good stuff. What if it's just like the same people, but they all like travel for work? Eh, well... I need to know who's traveling to Egypt, and you need to go back. <laughs> you better get back to Egypt and listen to this podcast in the pyramids. It's like some poor kid who gets, like, bounced between his mom and his dad. <laughs> yeah, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> We're his only, like, escape. Oh, man. But he, like, he, he, he doesn't fit in either country because he spends too much time in the other. Oh, so he's just, like, he has to eat lunch by himself. When he's at school. Shout out to that little kid. We got you covered, man. You gotta go back to Egypt, though. I want Egypt back on the <laughs> <laughs> You gotta go back to Egypt, man. That's where that's where your destiny is. That's where life is gonna happen for you. You gotta go back to Egypt. <laughs> but, um... Alright, man. <laughs> so, for today's episode, we got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to cover. Um, fights were plentiful uh, from Friday morning up until uh, Saturday night. There were fights in every direction, 
everywhere. Just a whole lot was going on. So we'll get to that in a second. Of course, first we got to go through news and notes. So because we have so much to cover, um, I don't really want to expand really on any of these. So I'll just kind of run through these and then we can kind of get to the, the crux of the episode. Um, some quality fights. Actually, I got a pretty decent amount. So I'll just stop. Running from the top, fight announcements and notes for the week. Uh, at UFC 245, they were trying to get three title fights, and they finally have the third title fight announced. Kamaru Usman and Kobe Covington, welterweight title, going down to UFC 245. So that fight is official. It's happening. It's a thing after all this canceling and people wanting more money, so on and so forth. It is going down. So that'll be at UFC 245. Also on that card at Flyweight, long live Flyweight, we'll have Kai Car France versus Sergio Pettis. That should be an awesome fight. Um, at UFC Boston on October 18th, the uh, infamous eye poke. We were running that fight back. Yair Rodriguez versus Jeremy Stevens. The rebook going down at UFC Boston. So we'll get to see that in a month, right? less than a month's time, probably got by the time you guys hear this episode. Um, but that'll be going down in October. Um, at UFC South Korea, Korean Zombie versus Brian Ortega. Awesome fight. I like Ortega, but I'm afraid for him for that fight. But we'll see how it turns out. But that's going to be amazing. Um, at UFC Sao Paulo, a fight that none of us asked for, but we'll get it. Uh, Shogun Hua versus Sam Alvey. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah. That's... <laughs> I saw that pop up on Twitter. I was like, ooh... Come on, man. Right up my alley. <laughs> like, uh, Those are nothing but sad boy fights. <laughs> that is that is one of the most 205 matchups I've ever heard. Um, But that's the thing, man. UFC Sao Paulo, Shogun versus Alvi. Yeah. Yeah, Sam Alvey should just run through all like the the like former UFC light heavyweight champions. Bring back Tito, fucking Chuck Liddell, uh, like Leota Machida. Just have him fight them all. Fuck it. Got it. it. Could have been Rashad's last fight. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but that's 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 gonna be a thing. Uh, that's all I got for fight announcements. Well, the last one is kind of a fight announcement sort of adjacent uh holly Holm is out of her fight with Ra raquel pennington uh that fight was supposed to happen at ufc 243 from what i read she had like a partial uh, hamstring tear or something like that Ooh. um so she will be out they don't have a replacement i know irene aldana stuck her name out there she wants that rematch with raquel don't know if she'll get it but <clears throat> as of now of this recording on sunday night uh, Holly Holm is out of the match with Raquel Pennington. Um, and the last bit of UFC notes I have, I don't really want to spend time on this, but BJ Penn got released, finally, 20 years too late, but better late than never. So guys, guys, hey guys, 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 guess who's having an event in Hawaii on December 14th? Yeah. Yeah. You know it's coming. <laughs> Guys, can't, we can't support this we can't allow this to happen so it, it's Bellator uh, so uh, the only question in my mind is 
Who is BJ going to fight? The only the only thing I can envision happening, and I don't have a I don't have a name in mind. The only thing I can count on Bellator to do, which is sad, but I guess it's kind of a good thing. They'll find somebody out of the woodwork who's just as bad as BJ is. Like they'll pull that random person that we didn't even know still existed, and they'll throw them in there with BJ. See, I was ho- see, I was hoping it was like Betsy Anderson. Nah, nah, they won't do that. They won't do that. I mean, like Bet, it's not like freaking Bender would fucking hurt him. You just kick at him for a little bit. <laughs> that's something. <laughs> He's got old legs. It might hurt. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. B- B- BJ did get destroyed by Dennis Seaver with yeah, like a couple kicks. of them calf kicks. He might, he might be out of here. I mean, yeah. let's be real. That's probably be the most humane way for him to go. <laughs> but yeah, he got released. He's out of here. He's probably gonna turn up somewhere else, but it won't be in the UFC. So um, I don't know. You take take the small victories where you can get them. Uh, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. So adios, BJ Penn. Uh, for Bellator, if you guys saw the Bellator card last night, then you know this fight's going down on January twenty fifth. Cyborg making her Bellator debut and it is the championship fight so she will be challenging Julia Budd for the featherweight title at Bellator London we'll have Fabian Edwards versus Mike Shipman <clears throat> and Soren Box who I think was from Cage Warriors I want to say he's from Cage Warriors uh, he'll be fighting Terry Brazier so both of those will be going down at Bellator London and at Bellator 232, we'll have Vitaly Minikov versus Javi Ayala. And just to uh, re-mention, if you guys watched Bellator last night, <coughs> excuse me, and you saw the, it was like a game show. I, whatever. The, 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 the selection show they did for the rest of the Grand Prix, which... It was fantastic really... because it gave me the chance to go watch Spence Porter. There you go. I, I guess it serves some purpose. That's right. I think that's what I did too. No, you know what? I no, you know what? I was dumb. I did watch some of this. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I hate Bellator sometimes. But at the end of their selection show, we will have Patricio Pitbull versus Pedro Carvalho going down in March. AJ McKee versus Derek Campos going down in December. Darian Caldwell versus Adam Borks in January, and Daniel Vitro versus Emmanuel Sanchez in February. So, mark your, well, I can't say mark your calendars because they don't have dates or actual events, but those are the alleged months that these fights will be happening. Can, can I, I want to laugh at Darian Caldwell really quickly. <laughs> he thought. Uh, he thought. Yeah. You know what, I'll, I'll save it for later. Yeah, I, uh, yeah that's totally right. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason. Uh, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to so, <laughs> so I didn't watch the actual like selection show. I just saw like people tweeting about it. But Champ's choice. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Why didn't you yeah. let him pick first? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Like, well, you know what? I guess it makes sense because he just got done fighting. 
I, I was thinking of it that way. Like, he, his fight was literally, like, two minutes ago. So he's probably still in the back. Got to get ready. All that good stuff. Well, I mean, like, whatever. Like, just fuck, like... I don't know. I, I didn't... I didn't hate it, but it probably would have made sense if... I mean, I, I guess they were trying to make it dramatic, I guess. I don't know. Not that I don't think we really needed that, but it's Bellator, and, you know, Bellator going Bellator. So... I guess they were just trying to make it exciting. I don't know. Yeah, he probably just should have been able to pick first. But I, 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 I understand the idea. They wanted him to come in at the end and throw a curveball. If I'm bored, because I'm fucking pissed. Uh, I mean, to be honest, I like most of these matchups. I'm not, I'm the matchups really are it. fine. It's just like... Yeah. Like, the, you, you did this in this contrived-ass way, like... You know, just fucking do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess. I guess. You know, the only one I would complain. I, I would. I did kind of want to see Pitbull fight somebody else, other than Kalaho. Um. I don't know. We'll we'll see though. The the matchups will probably be fine though. I I like the the matchups. The whole setup was just kind of was very Bellator ish. It, it makes it seem like. Remember the remember when Bellator pulled the um. The John Fitch, Rory McDonald bullshit where they're like, oh, since Rory technically defended, he gets to move on. Even though the fight was a draw. Um, right. <laughs> where, like, any sensible tournament would be like, sudden death round. Right. Or whatever. Um, or rematch, even. So, like, th- th- it, it comes out of that thing where it's like, oh, Bellator didn't get the result they wanted. So they called an audible at the last second and, ma- and made up a rule on the spot as opposed to just doing the sensible thing and, like, laying out the rules beforehand. Oh, no. Well, I mean, they, they explained how the show worked when they first all came out. But, oh, I don't know. It was... Whatever. <laughs> it happened. It was, it was Bellator doing Bellator things. You know, it is what it is. But... I like the matchups nonetheless, so those will all be going down soon. At Ryzen 19, uh, the gentleman who uh, thought it was cool to knock out Kyoji Horiguchi, uh, Kai Asakura, he will be, I don't know if he's headlining, I think he is headlining this card, uh, he will be fighting Yuta Sasaki, that'll be Ryzen 19. Um, Eddie Alvarez, unfortunately, had to pull out of one championship lightweight Grand Prix. Um, he was supposed to be fighting uh, Saigid Arsen Laiv. Probably said that terribly wrong. Uh, but he had to pull out. Uh, he has been replaced by Christian Lee. So, Christian Lee versus Saigi. Uh, I don't know the date, but that'll be a thing. That's going to be a tough fight for Christian Lee. Somehow I could see him losing that. Could happen. But... Th- like that, that tournament just got obliterated. Yeah, you lost Alvarez. You lost, uh, what was the, the other, the guy who... Nastyukin? No, 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 no. I mean, um, <clears throat> he was a wrestler dude. Oh, the 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 Turk, the was it Turk or Iranian? I don't remember. I know, I know you said, I know it. God, I can't remember his name. Well, I can't look it up oh. because my internet froze. No, there, there was no, his name started with a T. I cannot remember this guy's name. I saw him fight once. I was like, oh man, I can't wait to see him in a tournament. And then he like got injured as soon as the tournament started. Oh, Tanners? Yeah, 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 that guy. Yeah, that guy. yeah, lost him too. Lost a lot of people, but. Not mad at that matchup, I, you know. I mean, 
Eddie Alvarez isn't even supposed to be in the finals. Wasn't yeah, yeah. in the finals, so. So, and, the, you know, it, you got the champ to step in, so I can't be mad at that. So, that'll be uh, going down. And speaking of pulling out of fights, uh, Jen Frey is out of her Adam White title match with Ashley Cummins at Invicta FC 37. Um, so, they upgraded Pro Gonzalez versus Brogan Walker Sanchez to the main event. And Jin Frey versus Ashley Cummins will be rescheduled for Invicta FC 39. Um, so that is pretty much all I have for fight announcements. Uh, news, got anything I missed? Any uh, other news bits out there? Hey, probably, but again, I can't access my, uh, like oh, yeah, my yeah. internet. Hold up. Let me see if I can... If I can cheat the system. <laughs> oh, yeah, you missed some big fucking news, my guy. How dare you not bring up Vanderlei Silva? Oh, God. <laughs> He's a former Pride champion, and you're not going to let the people know where they can see him fight next? I was going to save it until the next episode. <laughs> so, for those who don't know, Vanderlei Silva, after getting surgery to remove the scar tissue from his face will be joining the bare knuckle fighting championships which is probably the most appropriate thing i've ever seen but it's also wildly wildly responsible by all the parties involved so yeah are you excited for that sensei no you know what there was a small part of me like what if bj penn ends up there he can fight Vanderlei Silva. He, he can. He fought Leona Machida before. Yeah. <laughs> he, can, he, can, he can definitely fight Vanderlei. We'll see a little pudgy Hawaiian man uh, winging punches. BJ should just rematch that guy who uh, knocked him out in Hawaii. Yeah. Do it in bare knuckle and get paid for it. Exactly. There you go. See, now you're thinking like a pro fighter. Okay. Why am I co-signing this? <laughs> but yeah, but I feel like Vanderlei's gonna kill somebody. Like Vanderlei hitting bare knuckles seems uh, like I know he's older, but like this, the old man's strength is still a thing. Does he still have pop on his punches? I don't know, cause when he fought uh, when is it, was his Chael his last fight? I think so. He didn't get the punch that much, so I couldn't. Not that I remember. That fight's kind of a blur. I remember him. I feel like he got taken down a lot. I feel, I feel like he's in, he's in, like, pure robot mode where he doesn't have, like, any athleticism left. So, like, it, it feels like if you get hit by him, you kind of deserve it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know if you're in bare knuckle, dude. Um, do, did you mention Chris Cyborg? Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I think that's probably it then. I might be missing something else, but eh, if I can't remember, it's not that important. Yeah, well, we're back here every week anyway. If we missed out, we'll uh, we'll, we'll cover it next week. But yeah, Vanderlei Silva, he'll be a uh, bare knuckle, uh, fist to cuffs. You guys have at it. I will uh, I will opt out. But that's all we got for news and notes for the week. So, fights, 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 a lot of them, a, a plethora of uh, fisticuffs were thrown this weekend. 
So, um, on the docket, we are going to go through Glory 68, Bellator Dublin, Bellator 227, yes. 228, uh, and UFC uh, Copenhagen. Uh, so, due to the volume <laughs> of fights of cards that we're covering um prelims probably that probably will only pretty much be footnotes um we'll give them maybe like quick shout outs just read the results but not really going in too deep um and to be honest on some of these bell on like the bellator dublin i'm not covering every fight i got like you know we'll, we'll cover the ones that people actually cared about um so on and so forth so we normally break down the entire cards but you know due to the volume we just got to pick out what kind of mattered? So probably just the main card <clears throat> much of, of everything. So uh, since I was the only one of us two who got a chance to watch a little bit of Glory 68, I will quickly run through this uh, card and then we will move on. But uh, Glory 68 went down in Miami. Um, if you listened to, I think it was last week's podcast or the podcast before, I mentioned this being a big deal because Alex Pereira, who is the Glory middleweight champ, uh, was going up to make history. Uh, he fought Donegi Abina for the vacant light heavyweight champ. And pretty much no matter who won this fight, there was going to be history made. Either Alex Pereira was going to be the first double champ in Glory's, uh, uh, in the history of Glory. Or Abina was going to be the youngest, uh, Glory champ, uh, at 21. Uh, let's just say the 21-year-old did not get a chance to uh, fulfill that dream. Um, Alex Pereira came out really aggressive um it, it was a, it was a pretty competitive fight uh back and forth i like the body shots that bina was throwing um i like the leg kicks that he was throwing but Pereira just had so much volume just and if you watch Pereira, like out of a at least in glory out of a lot of the the top kickboxers regardless of division he has really good hands like his boxing is is really really solid and He's able to just string together these really good combinations. So he had so much volume on it being just a lot of just pop, pop, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, uppercut, you know, mixing it in also with leg kicks. And they mentioned during the commentary that Abina thought that Pereira was more of a boxer than an actual like kickboxer. But no, Pereira was getting off everything. He was getting in combinations. He was landing leg kicks. He was full arsenal, man. He was really, really going in. And <laughs> it was a, it was a nice back and forth, but you pretty much got the clear feeling that Pereira was winning. And then in the third round, um, I forgot he knocked Abina down with a flurry, and then he kneed him to the gut and dropped him. And then when they got back up, they had another exchange. Abina I think swung a right, and Pereira slipped it so beautifully, and countered him with a left and just ended that man's world like straight face plant he didn't move <laughs> for like three minutes it was a beautiful ko a very violent ko so all of Pereira's power at middleweight transferred up to 205 he knocked abina out cold and he is glory's first double champ so congrats to alex Pereira and I try to sing his praises when I can. I do legit think dude's like one of the best fighters like on the planet, but he's only in glory, so I guess you can kind of only get so much promo because not everybody watches kickboxing, even though you guys complain about MMA because they grapple too much, but you don't watch kickboxing, which to me doesn't make sense. 
but that's that's besides the point. Alex Pereira, though, man, that dude's a, a stud, man. Dude's a stud. So congrats to Alex Pereira, glory middleweight champ and light heavyweight champ. Good luck to anybody trying to take it. Dude got hands. He's probably going to knock you out. Uh, and I'll just read the rest of these results real quick. Ace of 10 Powell defeated. Bailey Subden via decision. Uh, Troy Jones defeated. Amari Diedrich via TKO. Uh, Richard Abraham defeated. Mike Lemire via split decision. Um, and a fight that I recommend that everybody go watch. I, I watched it, but I was watching like three other things at the same time because there were so many fights going on. But Josh Jouncey and Laurent Nelson had a really, really great back-and-forth fight. If you have Fight Pass, go back and watch that fight. It was really, really good. And shout-outs to Tiffany Fansos, who fought on the Super Fight Series. Um, she fought J.D. Jody Men Menezes. I I'm probably saying that wrong. I'm <laughs> probably butchering that. But um, Tiffany Fansos looks like she's trying to get a belt back. Like, that was a performance that made me go, that's somebody who looks like they really want their belt back. Like, she was... Probably the best performance I've seen for her within like her last three to four fights. Like she was really aggressive, really going for it. She was on point the entire uh, the entire fight. So congrats to her. And the last mention of Glory 68. Um, there's a gentleman at featherweight named Abraham Vidalez. He fought Justin Griskowitz. Gris Probably said that wrong. Um, if you're on our Facebook page, I. I think I posted his highlight in there. Um, Vidalez is nasty, man. This kid is nasty at featherweight. Um, I can't remember his age. I know he's really young. But dude is just out the gate. Just did not let Justin breathe. Just consistently in his face. Any strike you can think of. Like, he just did not let this man breathe. Just I said, the, the, I posted on Facebook. Like, this entire fight was just like one long extended, like, Tekken combo. Like, he just unleashed on this man for three rounds, uh, and he ended up knocking him down four times, so they had to call the fight. But Abraham Vidalez, watch the Super Fight Series. That dude is, he looks like somebody's going to fight for a belt within the next couple of years. That that kid is really, really good. So, that was Glory 68. Uh, so, give that a watch. If you have Fight Pass, you can go back and give that a look. All right. Um... We're going to do the Bellator cards in order, which I guess they have it listed, so it would be Dublin, 227 and 228. Yeah, um, I did not catch any of actually 227, um, mostly because I just didn't care. Uh, well, I'll, I'll give a brief mention of the jury Benson fight, which I, wasn't a whole lot. Yeah, I heard it was not. I don't think it was as bad as people said it was, but it wasn't... Special? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't anything like crazy. But, uh, so we'll, we'll do Dublin first, then we'll go to 27 and 228. Um, so Bellator Dublin. Because Bellator decided to have three cards in two days. I don't know how this works. Um, <laughs> too many cards within the span of, like, two days. And my God, did they make these hard to watch. Um, between, like, the app and the zone and param like, it was, a, it was like reliving the UFC back when they were on, like... Fox and then prelim on FX and some of them fuel whatever I, I don't know <clears throat> but um Bellator Dublin was headlined by James Gallagher and Roman uh, Salazar I, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna let you kick this one off um I know the fight didn't last long but uh 
Just what went through your mind when you saw that fight? What, Gallagher? Yeah. Um, like, I'm, I, I think I was just trying to think of, like, the most blatantly, like, I, 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 oh, God. Now you're going to make me watch it again. I mean, it's only 35 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, like, two things happened. Yeah. So, uh, three. A flying knee, a takedown, and a choke. Like, I don't even know how to process how... Hey, Roman Salazar is a fucking UFC veteran. Like he did nothing to get out of that choke. Uh, like it, 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 like this is the stuff that makes people think that fighting is like MMA is fixed. And if you watch this fight and like you're like, wait, that dude was in the UFC. Like this fight is totally fixed. Like, I, I could fuck... I, I believe you. Like, I, I understand where you're coming from because, like... I don't know. Maybe Zalazar was just like, I don't want to fight for real. I just want to go home. And he's, like, in pure Bob Sapp mode. But come on. Come on. Like, you have to put up a better effort than that, right? Like... <laughs> Man, uh, like the worst. The worst part was the casualness of his like submission, like his, his of him submitting. I should say, like him tapping, where he's just like, yeah, yeah, I'm tapping, I'm done. Yeah, like, and this, like to describe to the listeners, if you didn't get a chance to see this fight, it only lasts thirty five seconds. The whole entire sequence was fight starts. <laughs> Gallagher throws a flying knee. Salazar goes for a takedown. Gallagher locks. I get locks. <laughs> I'm gonna put that in air quotes. <laughs> locks up a guillotine choke. Salazar does nothing to defend it. Maybe it could be just a camera angle that they had. I didn't even think it was in. Or even if it was in, the angle that they showed, unless he had some unbelievable torque, because the back of his neck was completely out. I don't know if you saw that angle. Yeah, like, no, it, it, it looks, <laughs> he looks like he's out the choke. <laughs> the back of his neck was completely free. And, yeah, and like you like you said, the way he tapped, he didn't tap like a guy who was, like, you know when a dude, when a, somebody has a choke in and, like, it's bad, and they're, they're tapping for, like, their life. Like, yo, hurry up, get him off me. I'm like, I'm about to go. I'm about to pass over to the other side. He tapped, like, like, it was like a quiet knock on the door. Mm. Like, it was like, eh, yeah, I'm, I'm, we can stop now. The simulation's over. Like, <laughs> uh, I don't think I've ever came on here and said that a fight was fixed. This man, I, <laughs> I don't know, man. I think somebody made a trip to somebody's uh, locker room, handed him a duffel bag, and walked the other way. And they just had a mutual agreement. Like, but even then, like, why 30 seconds? You know what I mean? I don't 
Just go to the ground and like mess around for a little bit. Let them get your back and get the submission. Like this is too blatant to be real. <laughs> is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, this this was uh, like I said, if if anybody thinks this is fixed, I can't really argue with you. And 99.9% of other fights, I would tell you you're crazy. This is that 1% where I say, you know what? You can have that thought because you might <laughs> you might be right. It looked really fishy. It looked fishy. It looked like Roman's house. I just wanted to go home. Yeah. I would say that, that it was either those one or two things. Either this was a... Either this was a payoff or... Roman was like, you know what, man, I, I'm just, I'm not with this. And, uh, yeah, I just want to go home. Because that choke did not look like it had a lot of torque. It just, this whole sequence just did not look, yeah. And then Gallagher celebrated like he won, like, a title afterwards. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't want to take anything away from Gallagher if this was a normal occurrence. <laughs> but... It just, mm-hmm. it ain't sit right with my soul. Didn't, uh, some don't feel right. I don't know, man. But, you know what? I'm going to treat it as a win. Well, it was a win. I'll treat it as a normal happening, I guess. Even though my, my spider senses told me otherwise. But, congrats to Gallagher. 35 seconds, submission. Um... He lost his last fight, I want to say, right? Uh, uh, that's the fight against what's-his-face. Um, crap. I know that. Like, it, it wasn't the one where he got kicked. No, I, fought, I thought he fought one more time after that. Or was that his last fight? No, he definitely had a fight since then. Yeah. At least I think he has. I typed in Jack Gallagher. I got the WWE Jack Gallagher. <laughs> let me uh let me let me let me see uh, uh i got here the strabanimal jack james gallagher no he's on a three foot winning streak okay all right he beat that's jeremiah right. labiano that's what it was okay yeah, yeah, okay i remember that now well all right he's got a little winning streak going i i still don't think he is um mm. I don't know if he's going to be the star they think he'll be, but he is also still very young. Like, um, I, I, he, like he does not have that athletic flair that I need to see in like a Bantamweight to trust him to be like the top dog. Like, I, I, I don't see the, uh, uh, the, like the Cody Garbrandt X Factor. You feel me? But right. at the same time, though, he fights in Bellator, and nobody really follows him because he's, like, this crazyly amazing fighter. They follow him because he's a big mouth, and he's Irish. Which is... Right? If the whole purpose of him is just to get a crowd every time they go to, like, Ireland and the UK, then cool, I guess. Like, they'll maybe step him to a title shot against Kyoji Origuchi or whoever has the title at that moment, but... I'll get murked. <laughs> 
I don't know. I mean, kid's only he's only like 22. So, who knows what he could morph into in the next couple of years. It's not that he's not talented. It's just I, I think they think he's one thing. And I think we think he's just... Like, is he better than... Uh, what's the dude's name? Ricky Burns? Or um, Jack Shore? Yeah, like, is he... Yeah. And I don't... I don't think he... Not after that Jack Shore fight I saw. <laughs> I don't think he's better than that. So, no, uh, for a fact, he's not be- better than Ricky Bandejas yet, and yeah, we saw Ricky Bandejas basically. Is, is he on a two-fight losing streak since then? Uh, yeah, I think so. He lost to Juan Archuleta. He got submitted by Steve Nix or Mix or whatever his name is. Yeah. Patrick Mix, that's who it was. But I don't know. Got Gallagher got the win. I don't know. I don't really have anything else to say about <laughs> that fight. That was the thing that happened. So, moving on to a fight I didn't see, but I'll just read the results. Um, Danny Nalon defeated Camilla ah, Rivola. Rivola. I know I said that wrong. Via unanimous decision. Did you get a chance to watch that one? I did not. Okay. All right. So, we'll just skip. But, congrats to Danny Nalon. She won. Uh... Another fight that people uh, <laughs> were talking about. I actually just watched this one not too long before we started recording. MVP, Michael Vittum Page, Michael Colley, um, Richard. Richard, sorry, Richard Colley. I'm all over the place. How did this fight get sanctioned? Um, I don't know. I know Richard Colley uh, apparently popped off at the mouth a lot. He, he wanted to smoke. He, he let it be known that he wanted to smoke. MVP bought him the smoke. <laughs> Here we are. Um. Yeah, MVP pretty much outclassed him uh, fairly easily. Uh, you know, way more accurate, faster. When 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 MVP is besting you on the ground, you know that's kind of the issue. Like there was a point where. I don't know if, I can't remember if uh, Colleague went for a Superman punch. Or, I don't remember what he was trying to do. But he like lunged forward and missed. <laughs> and ended up on the ground. MVP gets on top of him. Starts picking the shots, beating him up a little bit. Um, I don't like that Dan Mergiviata was trying to like interfere all in this fight. Like, he, um... <laughs> there was a point where, like, Kali, oh, I think he had, like, threw a jab. He missed it because uh, MVP dodged it. He, like, taunted him for a second. <laughs> and then Kali just, like, flipped him off. And then, like, Mergliata stops the fight to be like, hey, you can't do that. Like, come on, man. Like, let these guys, these are grown adults, man. Like, Is that, like, a specific, like, Irish thing? Like, an Irish, like, athletic commission was, like, we have these rules... Or whatever, because we've seen... I, I don't know if Dan Mergliata has been in the cage with these guys before when it's happened, but like we've seen people flip each other off and you know, curse, cuss each other out and do all this crazy shit. Like, they, they seem rather tame. Yeah, like, and he stopped the fight for that, and then there was another point where, like, when MVP was on top of uh, Kylie, like, raining down punches, he stopped for, he stopped for like, three seconds. I don't know what that little motion he was... I don't know if he was, like, acting like he was taking a selfie 
or he stopped and did some kind of like taunting motion, and like Mercuriato threw like a hissy fit, and it's like, come on, bro, like you know what kind of fighter MVP is. Like I get it, some people might not might not like it, but like he's a showman. Like this is what he. It's not like this is some new behavior that we're seeing from him. It was like, why is this such a big, you know? And then he took a point away from it. Like, why are you making such a big deal out of this? But it ended up not mattering anyway. Because, like, literally, like, four seconds after he took the point, uh, MVP <laughs> caught Kali with a flying knee to the face. And I don't know if you noticed, after he landed the flying knee, he didn't even look to see if Kali was getting back up. He immediately walked and, like, started doing his little shake dance to the crowd. He never looked to turn back. He, like, need him and just walked off like he was 100% positive. It was hey, he should freaking do it. You're fighting a dude who's 3-1. and one. Again, how does this fight get made? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, it's man. Like, every, literally, everybody and their grandmother just turned down. Because, like, I, I was like, oh, somebody obviously got hurt at the last second. And, um, you know, they, they just took the next guy up or whatever or the first guy they could find it was just like nope this is the fight they had planned out from the beginning for whatever reason it's like this is stupid yeah that's uh that's what we got and yeah it, you know what mvp's matchmaking that's a, just a whole nother that's a whole rabbit hole to fall down and yeah yeah, tonight, yeah, we can't get into that. That'd be a whole other side Like, it, it seems like they are literally just booking him so that they have something that they can put on, like, Instagram and Twitter, and people, like, retweet it, like, oh, shit, did you see that? Right. I mean, it worked. I've had people, I've had people in my office ask me about him, because they know that I watch a lot of MMA. So I guess it works. Dude, like, that Pokemon Go thing that he did went, like, crazy viral. But at the, at the same time, like... We, we, to go from Douglas Lima to this. <laughs> at the same time, we saw what Douglas Lima did to him. So, but still, like, like you could have fought a. There's some middle of the pack guys you could have beat up on. Probably, but, but. It's, it's Bellator. What what can you? It's sad that like that's like the excuse. Like when Bellator does something that's just. Makes you scratch your head. Like the only answer is it's Bellator, and you just kind of got to leave it at that. Well, like you, you got to go like it's Show and Coker because this is straight up like Strike Force. Like Strike Force used to do this show all the time. Just have like your one of your like stars, just style on somebody who had no business being in the cage with them. Well. Richard Collie ain't make it out alive. He got need in the face. MVP one KO first round. Pretty much what we expected, and that's what we got. And the last fight of the main card: Peter Quilly versus Ron. A nice back and forth, fist to cuff. I wish I remembered this fight like more in specific detail, but um, they both dropped each other. At one point, I want to say. Oh, cool. I, and then, I didn't see this one. Oh, you didn't see nah. this one? It was a nice... It was a good comeback. Like, and that last... Well, I say last round. It only went two rounds, but... 
it was a nice back and forth scrap. And I want to say in the second round, uh, Scope had dropped Quilly, had him hurt really bad. And it, it looked like he was about to get a finish. And I don't remember how Quilly somehow got back to his feet. But when he got back up, like, Scope looked gassed from, like, going for the finish. And he didn't get it. And he just looked like he was out of it. And then Quilly just teed off on him. And he ended up getting, like, this crazy comeback win. Um, really dope fight. It was a it was an awesome way to kick the card off. Definitely go back and watch that um watch that fight if you didn't get a chance to. It was a a nice two round nice two round scrap with a very just dramatic <laughs> dramatic ending. Um, yeah, it was really great. That was, yeah, yeah, it, it it was good. And I was looking forward to seeing Ron Scope because I remember like he fought Pitbull out of nowhere and like did really good. <laughs> um, so I wanted to see how he was going to do, but. Quilly, uh, Quilly got him out of there. But it was definitely an awesome fight. So that was Bellator Dublin. Um, it was alright. <laughs> Quilly scope was awesome. I can't, I can't speak on the the, the women's strawweight fight, so I, I can't talk about that one either way or another. Um, but main event, whatever. MVP and Kylie. If you want to see a highlight reel, just you know, you, you knew what you were gonna get watching that fight. So, if if nothing else, the card didn't last that long. If you want to rewatch <laughs> it, you could rewatch this whole card in like ten minutes. Yeah. If he if even that. Except for the Bendo fight. Yeah. Which, speaking of, we'll roll on into that one next. Bellator 227, headlined by Benson Henderson and Miles Jury, and that'll be the only fight I talk about on this card, because that is the only fight that I watched. Um, and to be honest, there's not a whole lot to say. Um, Benson Henderson beat Miles Jury in a kickboxing match, pretty much. Um, I mean, you kind of know what, at this point, what Bendo's going to do. I, w- I was surprised that neither one of them really tried to take this to the ground, especially Jury, considering, like, he had to have known that he was definitely losing this fight. Um, so I was just wanted to see maybe if he would try to mix it up or just do something different. But Bendo just pretty much kickboxed him from the outside. You know Bendo. You're going to get some leg kicks. You're going to get a thigh punch in here every now and again. You're going to get some calf kicks. Um, I think he caught him with that straight left a couple of good times. It was a Bendo fight. It was pretty much a clear winner. And you just... I was like Bendo just would have put his foot on the gas more because Jury wasn't really offering much of. He didn't really have much to do in return, and he didn't try to mix it up at all. And Bendo just, Bendo just pretty much coasted to a win. Um, but I rock with Bendo, so I'm happy. <laughs> I'll take it. You know, I'll, I'll take it. He wasn't happy with his performance afterwards, but is what it is but it, it was a pretty one-sided not not really much to really go into detail about that fight but i am happy that at least bendo was on a, a nice little win streak um and that bella us, you know three fight win streak almost sniffing the title <laughs> so i don't know maybe he'll be back up in that conversation he might he might get one more chance man i feel like this might be his last ride to complete the trifecta between having belts and wc ufc and bellator this might be his last, uh, his last hoorah if he gets a chance, which means he'd have to rematch Pitbull, and boy, did that first match 
I know he technically won, but it wasn't going well right. <laughs> before Pitbull broke his leg. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll just read the rest of these results, uh, even though I didn't watch them. But Kiefer Crosby uh, defeated Hugo Pereira via unanimous decision. Uh, Norbert Novaney. I think that was the, the, the I want to say that was like the 19-year-old kid. I think that was him. Um, uh, Norbert Novaney defeated Will Fleury via unanimous decision. I think that's the 19-year-old kid that Bellator is. He's like 19 or 20. Um, at women's featherweight, Leah McCourt defeated Carrie Hughes via red naked choke. And at bantamweight, friends, Miambo defeated Dominique Wooding um, via unanimous decision. So, that was Bellator 227. Uh, oh. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Your internet's not working. My trackpad uh, is deciding that it doesn't like. Me. So my trackpad's not moving. All right, so off, off to the phone. Yeah, we're gonna start I... the top cheetah. <laughs> Am I wrong? You know, I was gonna say, you know, the, the saddest part about that fight is I think I've watched that fight. Twice today, <laughs> I watched that fight. Much of what happened, a lot really going on. So like, imagine their first fight, but like, all the technical nuance is gone because Machida is old and Gegard doesn't care anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but. I, I, I want to say Gegard tagged him maybe like once Dude, or he twice. He tagged him a couple times. Like he just straight up yeah. blitzed him. He was like, I'm bored. And just rushed Machida like Machida normally does to his opponents. And he hurt him a couple times. Like actually buzzed him. Why well, say he dropped him once or at least like got him like to like fall backwards into the cage. But like, no, no, that, those, like you could watch like a 20 second highlight of the fight and that's basically the fight. Yeah. And did he get... I think I want to say he got a takedown. At some point, this fight was on the ground, I think. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a... <laughs> this card was one of those cards where, like... Well, all right. I, I can't really say for Machida and Musashi. But, like... On paper, I was all about this card. Like, everything just seemed fire. But the way some of them played out was kind of like, uh. I feel like this fight, the main event, and the, um, we'll get to it, but the Caldwell fight, I feel like those were like, yeah, we, we knew what we were going to get, you know what I mean? Uh, I should have known what I was going to get. Uh. <laughs> I guess I set myself up. I had a, just a vision of the way I thought this card would be in my head. I was like, man, when this is over, it's going to be like the greatest. You know, this is it. This is this is everything, and it wasn't. <laughs> it, wasn't I, it wasn't everything. Uh, it was. It was all right. It was fine. It's fine. For yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't terrible. It just it. Some fights left a little bit to be desired. A little bit to be desired. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, and we're. I, I kind of feel that way about the co-main event. But yeah. Oh, did we mention Gegard won split decision? Yes. 
Yeah, yeah. I feel like I didn't give Machida him. enough credit because he did do some stuff. He did land that nice like question mark kick. That immediately turned into a but he landed it pretty flush. He, like he did something. Like he got that guillotine at the end of the fight. Um, that really didn't look like it was a threat. But um, yeah, no, Geiger won split decision. Moving on. Featherweight title fight. Patricio Pitbull, the champ champ, uh, defending against Juan Archuleta, who I think was on a 23 fight win streak. Something like that. Yeah, he had, he had a he had a into this like streak <laughs> coming into this. Yeah. Um, boy, was I let down by Juan Archuleta. Yeah. Like, listen, I did not expect the man to go in there and to get into a firefight with Pitbull because that's never a good idea. But, like, um, bro, you're, you're shooting takedowns from, like, six feet out. What are you doing? That's not going to win you a fight. He did his best. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, he he did some of what I thought he was going to do, but he executed it. I was like, oh, no. Because one of the things I was looking forward to was, like, all right, I know in an Archuleta fight, we're going to see a lot of footwork, a lot of movement. And I was interested to see, like, how that would play out against Pitbull, if he um, could maybe tire Pitbull out or come at it like some... I thought the footwork would just be, like, a big factor. And it, it kind of was. <laughs> it kind of didn't... Oh, no, it was a big, big factor. It, it was a factor in that it allowed, you know, Pitbull to take basically no damage. He would come in from these weird, funky angles. He got dropped a couple times, I feel like. Like, he would come in on a little weird angle and think it would work, and then, boom, here's a straight left for your problem. Go sit down. Like, and, yeah. <laughs> and Pitbull just, like, kind of played Matador. Like, Pitbull was really chill <laughs> for most of this fight. Like, he was at the center, just taking the center. Like, I'm going to just sit here, I'm going to chill out in my little stance, and, you know, I'm going to keep an eye on you. And when you try to get in too close, I'm going to remind you why that's a bad idea. And, like, every time it seemed like Archuleta tried to close the distance, he either got punished for it, or he would come and swing and just, like, completely miss. Like, it just wasn't... Yeah. Meant to be. All the tools I thought that would help him ended up not really doing much of anything for him. Um, but, like, Pitbull just refused to freaking follow him. Like, the whole first round was, like, Pitbull, like, Pitbull didn't leave that middle circle in, in the Bellator cage. Like, Archuleta would, like, be on the outside and try to, like, dip and move and, like, try to force Pitbull to, like, follow him. Pitbull would be like, no, bring your ass in here. It was really funny. Um, but, like, I get what Archuleta was trying to do. Like, I really do. But, like, you gotta make the dude chase you. You just can't, like, move around and expect him to follow you. Yeah. And, uh, did not work. <laughs> it did no. not work. At all. Knocked him down a couple times. And then yeah, every time he hit him with that right, right, hand, he and then like, you know, not that uh, 
pit bulls are slats and uh, uh, a slack when it comes to, like grappling or anything. But like that didn't work either. Takedowns like nothing worked for Archuleta. Like nothing. Dude, you Archuleta is like half a foot taller than Pitbull, and he's shooting from like seven feet out on a dude who has like. Not picture, like, not Aldo-level ballads, but, like, pretty damn right. close. So, like, I, I don't know, like... He, 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 he tried everything I think he thought could work, and, like, it all just... It all fell apart. And the longer the fight went on, you know, round two, round three, and you're just realizing, like, oh, this is just how this fight's gonna be. He's like you said, Pitbull's gonna chill out in his little circle. Literally, he has like this little four by four radius that he just stays in and chills out in. And anytime you cross the line, you get beat up for it. And that's what happened for five rounds. Um, yeah, I thought this fight was gonna be fire. It was a uh, it was lukewarm heat. It was a reminder how good yeah, Pitbull is. Yeah. He ain't let none of that footwork, none of that, none of those angles, nothing. He was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I know exactly what to do." And poor, poor, <laughs> poor Dillashaw. The athletic commission said he couldn't be, uh, he couldn't be cage side. He couldn't give instructions, so he was uh, restricted to yelling from his seat in the crowd. As he had to watch uh, Archuleta go through some hard times. Like I, I got, like. I don't get that. Like, I get that he's banned from fighting, but, like, what's he going to do? Inject Archuleta with, like, steroids in the middle of the fight? It, it just seems excessive. No, weird, because they said, um, because he's banned from, it was the New York Athletic Commission, right? But they weren't in yes. New York, so this other commission decided nah. to just uphold. Yeah, yeah, no, that happens all the time. Um, it, it, athletic commissions rare, like... With the exception of, like, maybe Texas. Athletic commissions rarely ever step on one another's one another toes when it comes to, like, upholding a, a, a ban or something. But, like, because in theory, like, you could get banned in New York for failing a drug test and, like, go to, I don't know, Washington and, and you know, get a license there. But that, that leads to, like, a lot of loopholes. And, like, I think they all recognize that if, like, one of the, like, if they break one another's like authority like it just becomes pure anarchy and then there's no, no need yeah, for them we, we want to create like some consistency right but at the same time these are the same people who had like a miniature schism because they wanted to change the rules for like a downed opponent and all that good stuff and they were like no and it was like some weird um it was a lot of politics so that's why we no longer have an actual unified rules of MMA anymore. And we just got to play it by ear when they go to a new state. Which is always fun. <laughs> always fun. Oh, boy. But, uh, yeah. Patricio Pitbull just continues to be Pitbull. The man just wins fights. Um, yeah. I thought Archuleta was going to have a really good like legit shot to make this a really competitive fight. I was hoping he would have like an Emmanuel Sanchez right. type performance. That's exactly what I thought. 
Like, even if he didn't win, maybe in, like, the last three rounds, like, he really made Pitbull, like, have to work for it. But that moment never happened. Like, Pitbull probably barely broke a sweat. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I still like Archuleta. Hopefully he can learn from this. But Pitbull is, uh, he the man. Like, <laughs> Pitbull is, dude is super legit, man. Like, super legit. So, congrats to Patricio Pitbull. He has defended his featherweight title. Moving on, AJ McKee versus Georgie Karakanyan. This lasted all of eight seconds. Talk about moment. Yeah. God damn. Like, this is the type of stuff you want from AJ. Like, like, and you, like, obviously he has it in him because we see it here, but like, you also. He also, like, he walks that line between, like, being, like, this, not, I wouldn't say completely flashy, but, like, th- this cool, dangerous knockout fighter and, like, a dude who will, you know, have a kick fight with Pat Cummins, uh, not Pat Cummins, Patrick. Uh, Pat Curran. Yeah. Pat Curran for, like, 15 minutes and, like, think nothing, think nothing of it. Right. You know what I mean? Because it's, like, realistically, um, you probably could have did this to Curran. <laughs> well, in all fairness, I don't think Curran is as shot as Karakanyan well, is. Well, I'll say that because Curran's pretty from solid defense. Right, like Karakanyan looked like he did not see that left hand coming, despite it being pretty clearly obvious. Like that was the punch he was going to throw, even if he saw it. It was uh, yeah, it was <laughs> Like this, I think this fight was like three strikes because I think AJ McKee pawed a jab, then it was a right, then a left, and then uh, game over. Yeah. And I don't think he has the fastest. Did he, did he, he tied the record, right? Something like that. He tied the. I don't know if it was the record, like the third fastest or something like that. He's in Bellator's history. He's put it that way. He's. A, I mean, he should be. Like, every single one of his wins has come inside of Bellator. Yeah. So. He's got to be up there for most wins in the company. He's, he, he's up there. And, yeah, like you said, though, th- this is the kind of performance you want to see from him. Because out of I, – I would probably say out of mo- out of Bellator's, like, prospects, he's probably – Well, he's not even a prospect anymore. He already beat Curran. Yeah, but I guess prospect meaning just the, the young <laughs> the young gun, the, the newer face, newer, newer kid on the block. He's probably one of the ones that seems to have the most promise. And, you know, as long as things keep going the way they're going, like, he could probably be a pretty big deal for Bellator. Like, he'll, he'll, he could end up being, like, one of the faces as long as he stays on his trajectory. But, um. Like, he, he could be an actual star right. for them. Uh, they are currently, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're lacking, like, a homegrown yeah, star. He could be that guy. He could definitely be that guy, and you want you want highlights yeah. like this to be able to show like look how fast he's like murdering folk. <laughs> look, look, yeah, look how good this. And guy he is, is really good. Um, like, and I, I like his I like his like kind of like bravado. Like, I, I I don't mind it. You you know who won't be the guy, and who won't be like the face of the company. Mm. Um, Darren Caldwell. <laughs> Because, uh, oh boy. Yeah, moving, moving oh on boy. down. 
Darian. It was not. He won, but it was not his. Darian Caldwell versus Henry Corrales. And here's the thing, man. Um, like, <sighs> I really like Caldwell. Like back when he was first on his run. Like, I was a huge. Him, him suplexing right. Joe Warren <laughs> is one of my all-time favorite Bellator. Not moments. even Bell, like that's an all-time favorite MMA in general moment. Like, like that was just amazing to watch. Like, I was a huge fan of this dude, and I'm I'm still a fan. But he is hard to watch sometimes, and what makes it so frustrating is like. I know you you're better than what you're giving me right now. This can't be it. There's no way that th- this ain't the ceiling. This can't be the ceiling. Every time he loses, he becomes more and more risk averse. And it's really like how it feels like he's just putting it like he by taking less risk, he's putting himself in more and more danger. If you yeah. catch what I mean, like, and, it, and like, here's the thing: like, this is like, this is like the Kyoji Horiguchi fights. But um, like, like this started with the Horiguchi fights because he beat the shit out of Noah Hot and Leandro Higo. Like, even the like. The Dantes fight didn't like the world on fire, but he was out here like playing right. with Dantes. Like I don't know where this, like, uh, the timidness comes from yeah, to exchange is, or to do things that don't involve yeah, wrestling. It, it is bizarre to watch, and <laughs> what makes it hurt is like he's one of the. Some wrestlers aren't, I don't find them, like, fun to watch. I like watching him wrestle. Like, <laughs> it's almost like it's a tease. Like, he'll do something crazy to get the takedown, or, like, the takedown will be really slick. And it gets you hyped. But then after the takedown, like, nothing else happens. It's like, oh, I suplexed you, or, oh, I swept your legs out. Of, like, I, I did something, to, like, you know, cool to get you down. And then after that, it's like, all right, you know, ground and pound, are we going to, what's going on here? And it's just a lot of, a little bit of ground and pound, but mostly just a lot of just position controlling and, you know, I'm just going to kind of hang on to you, make sure you can't really get back up. If you do get back up, I'll drag you back down. And that's kind of what a lot of this fight, like there were a few strikes here and there, but it was a lot of just. A lot of good takedowns, but that just no, like nothing else after the takedowns. And then in the third round, um, God, um, <laughs> he, he just couldn't. In the third round, Corrales is trying to, and I guess I, I gotta, I gotta put some blame on Corrales too. Um, even though I say in the third round, at least he was the one pushing forward. But at some point, bro, you just got to go for broke. Because you definitely lost the first two. You probably didn't really take a lot of damage. But you got wrestled and controlled for pretty much two rounds. So you got to let some hands go. Um, but at least Corrales was trying to push forward. And Caldwell was just kind of just circling around. And 
literally not doing anything to the point where the referee had to warn him for uh, being timid. Like, literally had to give him a warning for that. Like, even the ref was like, bruh. Like, <laughs> like, you have to do something. Anything. And then Caldwell, I think, after that, like, did get a takedown. But it's like, the, the, the ref shouldn't have to give you that warning. That is, of somebody of his caliber and his talent, the referee should never be warning you for being timid. That should never be a thing. Ah. I don't know. <laughs> How, uh, I'll say I'm happy he's up at 145 because I, I did not like seeing him make that cut to 135 because he is a fucking big yeah. guy. Even at 145. So, I don't know. Hopefully he finds his comfort again. And it... So frustrating. Because I feel like he could really be out here, like, abusing dudes. Like, he could be one of... Because we see Yeah, it like, he could easily be one of those guys that, yo, I'm just going to take you down. There's nothing you can do. And when I'm on top of you, I'm going to make your life really, really miserable. And he does all of that except make your life miserable. He'll get you down. He'll slam you. He'll be in a good position, whether it be half, like, he'll have a good, you know, dominant position, but just do, like, nothing with it. And it is, I don't know. But I know he was, um, they mentioned during commentary, he did, I think, partially, like, switch gyms. Like, he was training out in California, but he, uh, he went back to Jersey for the training camp, I think. Uh, bad move, bro. So bad move. He's back in, uh. Bad move. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> Jake, Jake Laser said, uh, nobody come back to Jersey. He's like, I'm from Jersey. I don't even come back here. <laughs> but, yeah, I think they did mention that during the broadcast that he, you know, he, he's coming back to Jersey to train. Um, I don't know. So maybe, maybe it... For the, uh, just, just, like, if y'all want an example of, like, how exciting Darren Caldwell was as a wrestler, because he was... One of the most entertaining wrestlers I think I've ever seen. Uh, go check his highlight, like his high school and college highlights on uh, on YouTube. Like they are absurdly good. Um, d- dude is like, it, it just makes like his MMA career all the more confounding as of late. As of late, anyway. Um, yeah. And that's like really the only reason we're like really critical. It's not that I don't think anybody thinks like he's a terrible fighter. It's just we yeah, we like know good. how good he can be, and what we're seeing is just like and it, yeah, progression. It's it's it's, and it's not like one of those cases where like he had an injury and like his body is shot or he's been through wars and he's just like not the same guy. It's like, bro, you're you're, you're the same dude. <laughs> like, you're the same guy. Like, why is why your performance is so just night and day. It's it's really just frustrating to watch. But he got to win. Um, I don't know what it's going to take to get another Joe Warren-esque or Noah Lahat-esque performance from him, but I don't know if he needs to get punched in the face really hard. Like, <laughs> I don't know what needs to happen. 
But I hope it happens in his next fight. Because this, this ain't it. He got the win, but this ain't it. But he got the unanimous decision win either way. So congrats to Darian Caldwell. And the last fight on the card, uh, which started off the card, Daniel Vitro versus Saul Rogers. This was fun. A nice little fun, uh, pretty much I guess you could say a kickboxing match. Um, Saul went for a couple of takedowns, but didn't, uh, wasn't able to get him. One of them he actually shot really deep. I was actually surprised Vitro was able to fend him off, but, um, but he, out the gate, I think, <laughs> Saul clipped Vitro within like the first 15 seconds. I was like, all right, I don't know how this fight's gonna go. It's gonna be one of those, uh, it was one of those really just like tight, tense, like kickboxing matches. Uh, saw clip Vitor within like the first 15 seconds, but uh, <laughs> I think it was close to the end of the first when Vitor uh caught Saw with I think it was like a left hook. That like three minute stanky leg he did was really funny to me. Like it. It looked like one of his legs was trying to moonwalk, but the other one was trying to do something else. It was really weird. Um, but nah, he <laughs> he clocked Saul Rogers really hard with that left. Um, I think I gave the second to um, I think I gave the second yeah I gave the second to Saul uh, Rogers. He landed uh, the inside leg kick a lot. Um, he started to pick his offense up, doing a jab, doing one twos. Um, he was getting a little better of the exchanges. And then in the third round, Vaichu was like, all right, can't let you do that, do that again. And then he started to take the center. He started uh, getting his combinations off. I want to say he tagged him a couple of times in that, that third round. He really, like, kicked it up a notch in the, in the third. But it was a nice, fun back and forth, like this really just kind of tight, tense, like, kickboxing match. Um, so shout out to Daniel Vaichu and Saul Rogers. It was, it was a dope fight. Yeah, um, I, this is probably the one fight from the car I don't remember because this is around the time where I just started fucking dying. <laughs> it was good. It was a good one. Yeah, no. Um, I, I was operating like three hours of sleep on Saturday. I'm sorry. Like, I, I literally sat myself on the floor because I'm like, there's no way I'll fall asleep on the mm. floor. <laughs> you thought. I thought. Yeah, you thought. Yeah, it don't go down like that. Oh man. No, when you're tired, mm -hmm. you're tired. When the body says it's time to but, go, uh, it's time to go. Uh, but no, I, I remember it being a fun fight. I remember, uh, like, Vitro, one of them dudes was really uh, like uh, underappreciated, like. A dude who, but for the toughness that uh, that Patricio Pitbull possesses in his undersized body, he might be the featherweight champion and might have knocked him out in their first fight. Like, So, yeah, uh, props to Weichel making it through, getting a shot at that million dollars in that title. This is for a million dollars, right? It's not for like... That's a mil. That's a mil. Okay. All right. Fifty coming through with another million dollars. All right. Hopefully nobody makes off with the bag in the night. <laughs> Hopefully these guys get paid. But uh, yeah. So that was uh the main card. On paper, it was heat. 
and execution. Um, it was a mixed bag. Fletcher Rogers was pretty good. AJ McCann, Karakanyan was fireworks for all of eight seconds. These other fights. Yeah. <laughs> Patricio and Archuleta wasn't bad. It was just I think we expected more from Archuleta, so it was a little bit of a a letdown. But it wasn't a bad fight. It's just you, you wanted a little more. But Musashi Machida, Caldwell Corrales, watch highlights. That's all you need. You'll, you'll need to watch those in full. Um, I know I said we wouldn't talk about prelims real quick, but did you did you happen to catch any prelims of, of 228? I saw highlights of um, what I could only describe as like a, a fight at the senior citizens' home. <laughs> And um, I, I saw the the shot that uh, Ava and I landed to get the win. All right. All right, that's, that's cool. Those are pretty much the only two I wanted to talk about. Because we're doing pretty decent on time. So, uh, real quick, um, Bellator 228 prelims. Um, I'll give a shout-out to a couple of fights. Uh, two I'll talk about, and then the other two I just heard about. So, I'll just uh, let people know. Uh, Leandro Higo was on the prelims. He fought Sean Bunch. <laughs> Uh, defeated him via guillotine. From what I heard, Sean Bunch looked really good up until he, when he got choked out. Um, so apparently that was a good fight, so go back and watch that one. Uh, Weber Almeida versus Castle Williams. Uh, Almeida defeated him via TKO. Um, I heard that was the one that was worth watching. Um, and as you just mentioned, Antonio McKee, father of AJ McKee, fought on the same card as his son, uh, defeated William Siri. How do you say this? Thryapai. Probably said that wrong. I tried. Um, I was I was so afraid because it's Bellator that this father son thing was gonna go completely wrong, and like, I mean, they booked him with somebody who's older or, or oh, equally as old. I was just, but also half his size. Yeah, I, I, I honestly I didn't notice. <laughs> I was just thinking the whole time during this fight. I was like, yo, one of these two is going to get knocked out, and this whole moment is not going to be a moment. <laughs> it's going to be really sad. We're going to be really angry at Bellator for doing this. But it worked. Um, I mean, McKee looked, I guess, as well as you could for, what, 49-year-old? Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, had, he, had his little, he had his little side kick going. I saw the side kick. Hey. Yeah. Can we, can we talk about that? <laughs> What's your, what's, your, what's your breakdown of the 49-year-old sidekick? I mean... Why? <laughs> why not? Equally valid, I guess. <laughs> he couldn't stop it. I mean, it, it, it wasn't Alex Oliveira's hair. I'll give him that. But I guess we'll get to that. <laughs> Man. Yeah. But no, just, <laughs> you just reminded me. I was so confused when he first popped up on the screen. <laughs> we'll get to that though. But no, congrats to Antonio McKee, man. He had his little sidekick going, um, and the poor gentleman he was fighting could not stop takedowns for nothing. Uh, and McKee uh, took him down and beat him up. So yeah, congrats to Antonio McKee getting fights at 49 years old. And as you also mentioned uh, on the. A uh, card on the prelims making her. This was her MMA debut, correct? 
Uh, yes. Ava Knight making her MMA debut against Shannon Gohari. Um, uh, uh, someone eloquently described this fight on uh, on Twitter, and I want to find that tweet because because uh, I, I think it perfectly encapsulates what what was up with this fight. Uh, Put up, put up. But you can go ahead and read it, uh, or give your reading on it. Um, I can't remember Ava Knight's credentials as far as boxing, but I know she was like a champion. I want to say she she is a. I want to say she's a two or three time world champion. Um, so obviously, if I'm watching somebody come from boxing into MMA, I'm not really expecting the world of you. I'm hoping you still got some athleticism and that your your hands should be pretty sharp. Excuse me. And hopefully you have semi-good takedown defense. But, you know, I'm kind of grading you on the curve. I'm not really expecting too much. Just kind of want to see what you got. But I like what I saw from Ava. Um, the hands definitely transferred over. Um, her hands are fast. She's got a nice jab. She can throw good combinations. Um, she hits pretty hard, too. Like, every time she connected flush, like, if she threw a hard right or just, like, a, a hook and that tapped the chin, like, you could tell Shannon felt it. Um, like, every time she landed flush, she felt it. Um, I think she did get taken down a couple times and managed to get back up. Um, and I like the combination she was throwing. I guess my only problem, and... I can't really judge it too harshly because it's her first fight in MMA. She's probably just, like, just really just trying to get comfortable, trying to get ring time, get experience. So I can't really expect too much of you. Um, and, and Shannon was tough. Like like I said, she ate a lot of hard shots. And while she didn't have much to offer on the feet, she was just able to take them and just kind of keep surviving. But there were points, especially when Ava had her backed up against the cage, like, she would have hit her with like a hard right, back her up against the cage. And I'm like, yo, just go in, just unleash, <laughs> just like, just go in and unleash the ten hit combo. And she would kind of just, she would kind of let her off the hook a little bit. Like she wasn't, she didn't rush really for a finish, even though she still ended up getting one. I just thought there were moments, other moments that she may have, could have uh, taken advantage of, but. Either way, she still ended up getting the finish. Um, she did some body work to Shannon, which ended up paying off. Um, landed a pretty hard body shot at the end to close the fight out. I think Shannon just kind of dropped <laughs> to her knees after she took the shot. Um, and Ava got the TKO in the third round. But for a first MMA fight, I'm loving what I'm seeing with the hands. I'm loving the power that she has. You know, Obviously, she just has to round out the rest of her game. But, um, no, how old, how old she is? Ava, she's like 35? Really? Yeah, no, she's yeah. been fighting for a hot minute. She well, she's 31. She look that old. She's 31. Not 31 is really old, but, um. But she's been fighting for a while, man. Well, at 31, yeah, I don't know, well, Tom probably isn't, she's not super old, but, you know, to jump in the sport kind of late, you know. You got a lot of ground you need to make up, but for a debut coming in MMA, I, I like I like what I saw. I, I really like the hands. I like the combinations. I love the power. 
Um, for somebody her size, she hits incredibly hard. And if she can round out her game, I don't know how, how fast she can pick up on the rest of her game that she needs to round out, but I, I like what I saw so far. I'm upset because I, I, I think the person who tweeted out a great summary of the fight uh, deleted the tweet. Um, it was something along the lines of one of these, uh, the, the world champion boxer who trains with former UFC light heavyweight champion Randy Couture and boxing champion Joel Cos, uh, Casamayor um, versus Shannon from Tennessee. <laughs> Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, you can't be too critical because Ava Knight's first fight in uh, MMA at the same time, like this, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, like, she beat her opponent on a body jab. Knockout. We know what this was. <laughs> hey man, you know. I said, don't get just gotta get cage time, man. It is what it is. But like, I, I'm not. I, I, I I've learned from Heather Hardy. I'm not gonna get too high or too low on uh on Ava Knight off of one fight. Yeah, uh, you know, you gotta. She's definitely a slow. Definitely a slow. A slow build. I'm laughing because Topology has the uh, the winning method for the fight being straight body punch. I'm like, it's a jab. It was a jab to the body. <laughs> hey, man. Sometimes it's all you need. So, hey, you're not wrong. She does hit pretty hard, though. She, 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 got, she got a little, little pop on those punches. Dude, she has one of the most the meanest knockouts I've ever seen. Uh, uh, I'm gonna send it to you. It's gonna take me a minute. Who's uh, who's I probably can pull it up fast on my phone. God, hold up, hold up. Uh, uh, it was night. It was Arelli Musino. Mm. <laughs> you type her name into YouTube, and that's literally the first thing that pops up. All right, let's see. Uh, Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the ref didn't let her get back up. <laughs> he said no. Stay down. You don't need no more smoke, kid. I mean, what are you? Yeah, I'd, I'd be done. I might untie my shoes. <laughs> like, that, that, like, Machina looks like she caught the Holy yeah. Ghost. Like. <laughs> God, yeah, yeah, you catch it like that. That is a. Uh... My favorite part of the whole thing is like, like, she just like the way it's filmed. I'm not sure. I love. Uh, like I'm not. I'm not sure what um, what what angle yours is from, but like, mine's is just like. She walks into the frame, hits her with two body shots, puts her down, and then right. just leaves. <laughs> Man, it's like she got hit with a finishing move. Yeah. 
Oh my god. That's how the cookie crumbles. Well, that was a <laughs> Bellator two twenty eight. Um It was cool, you know. Go go watch Vital uh Rogers. Watch McKee Karakanian. It's only eight seconds of your time. Um I would say watch Patricio Archuleta just to go see how it played out. And uh watch Caldwell versus Corrales and Musasi Machida at your own discretion. Um, but if you want to watch between the zone and Bellator's website, Dublin 228 and 227 are all in there somewhere in that mix. So anything you miss, you can go catch on one of those, uh, one of those platforms. And I'm not going to tell you guys to watch anything cause I'm not your dad. <laughs> uh, I would like your disgruntled uncles. Well, <laughs> 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 your disgruntled uncles are disappointed in you. It's just like... Yeah. Nothing you do pleases us. <laughs> it's like... It's your, your uncle thinks he's, it's like you're his kid. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you have to listen to it. It's like, dude, you show up like twice a year, man. Just chill yeah, out. That's us. <laughs> every time you show up, you have a different girlfriend. Like, we get it. Nah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, I just... I swear he in love, but he met her like right. last week. <laughs> nah, this, it's the one, man. You know, she, you know, it's so real this time. I ain't never felt like this before. <laughs> oh man, I hope none of you guys are like that. Don't be like that if you're. Don't listen to this podcast mm-hmm. if you're like that. Go, go be she like five yeah, kids. Go, be better. <laughs> go do better with your life. Oh man. <laughs> well, you know it's wild. Um, there is a fight that I completely forgot that we have to talk about. Two fights, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I thought we were doing good time. I was like, we're suspiciously on good time. That's because there were two whole fights that we did not mention before we get to the UFC. So, I guess trans, uh, transitioning from Ava Knight, speaking of boxing, there was a lot of boxing on Saturday. Saturday night, you had... Uh, Errol Spence versus Sean Porter and David Benavidez. What was the other gentleman's name? Is it Anthony Durrell? Okay. Yes. Or was it Andre Durrell? I can't I can't keep all these names straight in my head anymore. Like yeah. Combat Sports has just ruined. Let me, me. Let me get his uh, name right. Cause he uh it is, it is Anthony. He put up a valiant and his eye. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, Oh god, he has crazy eyes. <laughs> so, but I'm looking at his box rack like picture. It's like, yeah, no, Anthony Durrell has crazy eyes. Um, you want to want to start? Well, you know, we can start with the Benavides fight first because I, I don't think this one will take too. Oh, the Ike, you were right. His eyes are. Uh... Yeah, that that's like. Why would you pick that as like your thumbnail? I don't think he picked it, but I, I also think like that's just what he looks like. You know, that was just sad. Uh, like he, he just looks like he's just one like he, he's just waiting for the reason. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's like homicide is constantly on his mind, and he is just waiting for a reason to motherfucking kill you. Oh man! But uh, all right, we'll, we'll start with the Benavides fights first, and then we'll. 
go to Porter. So, uh, uh, David Benavidez versus Anthony Durrell. Uh, this was for the, what was this, the WBC, uh, it was Super Middleweight. Yes. Uh, yep, Super, Super uh, WBC Super Middleweight title. Um, it wasn't, like, the most exciting fight. I, I wanted to see a little more from Benavidez. Like, I feel like what he did after the cut is what I was hoping to see in the earlier rounds. Um, it was a lot of this, him just kind of walking Darrell down. Um, long jab. Every now and again, he'll, he'll do a little... His flurries are funny. Like, like they're, they're comical and, like... <laughs> Audacity. Right, like he he tries to fit like a. You ever like listen to a rapper and they try to crumble like. They try to fit like eight words within like two seconds. Like the, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's the equivalent of that, but like boxing. Like he tries to fit like an absurd amount of punches, in like this short period of time, and it like I said, it, it it's almost like cartoon like. And he's having a blast when he's doing it. Like, he's smiling and, like, loving it. And I like it, too. It's just really, it's fun to watch. But, um, no, man, like, a lot of this was kind of him, like, he was walking the road down, long jab. Every now and then he would throw off one of his four-piece, five-piece, um. 30. Right. (laughs) He'll he'll just kind of go off on on a tangent with his combinations. Um, I just felt like in the first, half of the fight like he was just really comfortable with how things were going so he just kind of wasn't I guess like he knew he was winning or like felt like he was winning so he never really felt the need to kind of like turn it up at least to me that's what I saw like it didn't look like it was a cool fight but it just it was like all right you can you can probably go a little harder and not that you know Darrell wasn't offering resistance like he was he was firing back, but I think you kind of got the sense of like, all right, if Benavidez just kind of puts his foot on the pedal a little more, he could probably start inflicting some real damage. And the fight was kind of on this just really even pace up until I think it was like round seven. Was it the end of six going into seven when the cut happened? Uh, I want to say it was in the fifth was it earlier? Round? I can't remember. But after the cut and Props to um, uh, Darrell for even, like, continuing and still going out there after the cut. Because that cut was in, like, the worst possible place. Like, right on your eyelids. And it was, like, completely cut open. Like, like it was it was nasty. That was a nasty cut. Um, and they had the doctors check it, I think, a couple times. But Darrell came back out there and he was, you know... Dude, dude was ready to go out on the shield. Like he was, he wanted to keep fighting. He kept fighting, um, and I think after the cut is finally when I, you started to see Benavidez kind of pick it up. Like he started to get much more aggressive. The the combinations went from that comical fun to like, all right, now I'm trying to hurt you now. Like <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to get you out of here. Um, so yeah, the, the combination started to hit harder. He started to get a lot more aggressive. Um, he would catch Darrell against the ropes and the flurries were just, it looked like he was trying to, like, he was trying to end the fight. And 
good on his corner, maybe a, a round too late because that that last round of the fight, I think they stopped it in round nine. Um, yeah, he was punishing Darrell, like it was bad. Like he was, he was just walking him down and just beating him up, like it was like a mugging, like. He was he was taking his lunch money, digging in his pockets. Just he was really just giving it to Darrell. And then finally, I can't remember at what minute mark, but like the uh, was those his corner or were those the doctors? Because there were people on both sides of the ring waving their hands for them to stop. Yeah, I think it was the yeah. doc. Yeah, like Benavidez unleashed like this nasty combination on him, and. He literally, they they went to like every corner of the ring. Like, they start at one corner, Benavidez just pieces him up. They go to the other corner, same thing. Darrell, Darrell like circles out, goes to the other corner, gets pieced up again. And then at that point, like, the doctor's like, all right, we're good. And they come in both waving their hands and they stop it. And Darrell didn't argue. Like, I think he kind of knew what the moment was. Like, he was trying to go out on the shield, but... I think he knew the cut was bad, and then they were just trying to look out for him, which I appreciated that. So, so like, I, I don't know a lot about Darrell. Um, I, I've seen him fight before. Um, like, the the book on him has always kind of been, like, he's always been, like, an underachiever. Um, like, there was a point in his career where he was fighting, like, once a year, and seemed pretty obvious it was, he was only doing it for the check. Um... Like he he shows up mad, unmotivated. He'll like build up a big lead and just like kind of coast. Um, I think Benavidez early just realized like if I keep it competitive, I just keep sticking my jab in his face. Um, he'll eventually just get bored, and um, you know that that'll be my path to victory. I can pick it up in the back half of the fight, and he won't have that extra gear to kick in. Plus, he's like twelve years older than him. Uh, Darrell, that is, he's thirty four, about to be thirty five. Um, but yeah, no, that, that was solidish perform. Not solidish. That was a solid performance from Benavidez. Um, I believe he got stripped of the title because he tested positive for cocaine or something. Um, I think that's what it was. Um, yeah, anyway, I guess he gets the title back. I think. Um, and, you know. Uh, yep. Hopefully we get to see him fight somebody at the top of the division. Um, Caleb Smith is currently in the zone, as is Chris Eubank Jr. Uh, I don't really know what the hell is happening with Billy Joe Saunders. I think he's fighting on that um that with that side oh, yeah. versus <laughs> Logan Paul fight. Yeah, I, I don't remember if it's Logan or Jake or I, I don't even remember what the fuck the other one's name is. But um, like from what I remember, like the most of the top dudes in the division are locked up in like the UK or the zone. Um, but I hope he's able to fight one of them because Benavidez, besides maybe Callum, probably the funnest fighter in this division, top of this division anyway. Um, he's super young; he's only twenty-two, so like sky's the limit. Crazy, I think his brother was the one everybody was hyped about because his brother like was sparring with Manny Pacquiao and training with Freddie Roach. He was like sixteen years old. Is the bro still fight or is he? Uh... Yeah, uh, his brother's Jose Benavidez oh. Jr. 
Did not know that. Shout out to David Benavides. But, keep uh, yep. keep unleashing those keep on keeping those on, bro. comical non-punch combos, and I will keep watching. <laughs> and keep off the white. <laughs> right. Definitely, definitely keep off the white. No, nothing successful comes from that. Uh, you end up in... Uh, we ain't gonna go there. But <laughs> stay off the white. But congrats to David Benavides. All right, man. Moving on. It's like a co-main event. No, this is the main event, man. This I was looking forward to this honestly way more than like any other fight. Um, this. Oh yeah. This is the best fight of the week. Yeah, I'll say yeah. I was looking forward to this more than any fight this weekend, and it exceeded my expectations. And I was I was really. This fight gave me that that nice feeling that I was like, oh, this is why I like combat sports because I get to see stuff like this every so often. I get, I get one of these and it feels good. Um, Errol Spence Jr. versus Sean Porter. Um, admittedly, I don't remember how many times I've really seen Porter fight. I knew the name, and I'm pretty sure I've seen him fight before, but as you guys know, I'm not. Uh, a boxing aficionado. I pay attention here and there, but I don't follow as closely as I do MMA. But I knew the name. Errol Spence I've been pretty much following like since he was in the Olympics. And I've kind of like always just kept an eye on him. So I've just kind of always been a fan. Um, so I thought in this fight, and I should have did my homework. Not that it would be a slaughter. But it would be one of those fights where it would be cool for a little bit, but after a while, we would be like, alright, we know who's about to win this. And, uh, boy, was I surprised. Um, boy, was I afraid for, like, the first four rounds of this fight. <laughs> like, really? I was a little shook. Uh, uh not, about, not about that. Like, it was a surprise. Like, well, that's right. You, like you said, you don't really fought yeah. Porter. Porter, um, it was, like, his fight with, uh, Keith Thurman. That was one of the best welterweight fights we've seen in a while. Um, that plus he just he, not just, but he beat uh, Danny Garcia. Um, probably should have lost to um, what's his name? Uh, Ugas earlier this year, but like Sean Porter, like Porter is a dude who will give anybody in the welterweight division a tough fight. Like, he is absurdly tough and absurdly strong. And, like, he's just really just a super tough out. Yeah, within the first couple of rounds, I was like, oh, he is scrappy. Like, he's making this a really, like, really hard-nosed, kind of grimy, kind of dirty, just... Sometimes I'm really used to seeing Spence be able to just kind of like outbox a dude and it looked kind of like clean. And this was not that at all. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> this was not uh, clean at all. See, the thing is, Porter kind of just fights exactly, not exactly like Spence. They both have their own peculiarities, but like it's maybe the same game plan where Porter will get in your freaking face and just throw punches. To, 
Um, his his problem in the past has been he likes to crowd himself when he throws punches, but it seems like he's been getting better at that um, as time has gone on. Um, but um, you know he doesn't, and he also doesn't like a smaller frame than uh, than Spence does, than Spence has. But yeah, no, he likes that grindy get after them style that um, Spence really excels at as well. Yeah, he. He definitely got after him. Like, dude, they get in that little phone booth. <laughs> Porter gets to just winging hooks, like, in these really just tight, confined spaces. And I was looking at the size difference. Um, and I would assume there probably was a reach difference also. Um, but it seemed like he didn't have a lot of trouble getting inside. Like, he was... He was just... Well, like... Spence is going to give, like, if you want to fight on the inside with Spence, he will let you do that, because, like, there's a dude who wants to eat at your body. Yeah, what you did. <laughs> went low a couple times. Yeah, oh, yeah. Went, went low. <laughs> went, went. Like, ex- yeah. Explicitly. Yeah, <laughs> he hit below the equator on more than one occasion. But, um, I think I noticed that the, the first, cause I actually did, I watched this twice. The first time I watched it, I was just, like, watching just, like, straight fan mode. Like, oh, my God, this fight is, like, really, really good. Like, you got Porter in here just making this a really grimy, gritty fight. Like, he's in here getting in close quarters. He's getting off these hooks. He's, he's hitting Spence with a lot of good shots. He's ripping to the body, too. Like, he, and it's, it was way more competitive than I guess I thought it was going to turn out. Um, and eventually Spence started to, to turn on. Um, but that the second time I watched it, I did notice like Spence landed a lot of body shots. Like he mm-hmm. was going to the like any time they got within close quarters, like they might tie up or a second before the tie up, or when they're winging punches, no matter what happens in the combination, at least one or two of them are going to the body. Um, and that he he kept that pretty consistent throughout the fight. Which is kind of crazy because as many body shots as he landed, I never got the feeling that Porter was slowing down. Like, oh, dude, like Porter is like, because like the technical side of it has never been like Porter's like strong suit. Like, there's a reason like they stressed that Porter was like a high school football athlete. Like that dude is built to go. Oh, uh, he 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 is. He's like, what happens if you dump all your, like, stats into physicality? Because he will get after you. Yeah, he, uh... And I think it was round... I want to say, like, round four. I don't know if Spence took the round off. I probably just had to give the credit to Porter. But he was bombing on Spence. I think... I'm pretty sure it was round four. Because that was one of the rounds that I gave him. He was bombing on Spence in round four. Like, I don't know if he, he, I'm pretty sure it was like at least one time where he tagged him a good, a good time, made him hit one of those kind of backups, like, oh, like, all right, <laughs> I see, I see what we're doing. Um, yeah, he just made this really just grimy, gritty fight, but I liked a lot of what Spence did too. There were, um, also I noticed on the second time, I can't remember which round it was, but, uh, <laughs> Porter was just, like, winging this flurry. And Spence had his little Floyd moment. He did a lot of little shoulder rolls and kind of was able to duck and evade a lot of the the strikes that Porter had thrown. Um, 
And like I said, the second time I noticed, he, he, he just so many body shots. Just so... Like, if you if you look at the... Uh, I never really, really noticed if they just started doing that or I just started paying attention to it, where they show, like, the number of strikes in real time while the match is happening. But, um... Yeah, that strike count was going up, and, like, a lot of those were just consistent, just body, 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 in close quarters, body shot, body shot, body shot. Um... And was it the 11th, I think, when uh, Spence dropped him? I want to say so, yeah. Yeah, caught him with a nasty, um, the, the slow motion of that left is so nasty. Like, Porter's entire face, like, shifted over, like, twice. <laughs> he, he, he put his mind, body, and soul into that punch. Um, and made, uh, made, made Porter take a knee. Yeah, just taking right. <laughs> as hard as he hit him, you would have thought like Porter should have went out, or at least he should have been on both knees. Like he took like one knee and still like was able to like walk back to his his corner and be cool. But um, no, nah, this this was in a this was a really great fight, man. Like just back and forth, just really gritty, grimy. Um, you know, two dudes who were obviously just extremely tough. Both of them took a lot of hard shots to the head and the body and below the belt. <laughs> like they got hit with everything, and yeah, it was it was an amazing fight. I I was thoroughly pleased with how this turned out. Yeah, no, it was fight of the year contender, man. Like, um, the the only disappointment I have from this fight is that they. Drag Danny Garcia back into the ring, and we're like, Danny is going to be fighting Errol Spence next, and I'm like, I, I don't. I, I already saw Sean Porter beat Danny Garcia, and Earl, and Spence is basically just a bigger, stronger version of Porter. So like, what do I get out of that fight? Um, but like the, the the actual fight itself was great. Um, this was probably yeah yeah. This is this is tougher than the book fight for us, Ben. So yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm I'm hope, not hopeful. Like I'm I'm curious. I guess what like what does he take from this fight as he moves forward? Because he, even he admitted he got sloppy at parts of this fight where. He he just bit down his mouthpiece and just started banging, um, and I I I think that there's another level that Spence can reach, um, particularly if he wants to be like an all-time great. Uh, it sounds like the Crawford fight is just a no-go. It just sounds like it's not gonna happen. Until one of these dudes is just like desperate for it. Um, it's not like PVC is short on welterweights that they could feed to each other, so that, that's disappointing. Um, it is all around terrific performance from from both guys. Um, Porter probably um, Porter's stock probably doesn't drop. Probably raises after this fight, like. This is what you want, like, when the, the best fight the best, and, like, they put on these great fights, you want to see them, like, 
you you want to see both guys stock right. rise, and, and this is and that's what you got here. Um, I'm curious. I'm curious what the pay per view numbers are because if they were trending this well, that they already had a, an opponent picked out for Spence a, after he was done, um, like that that's a that's a good sign. I'm Danny wearing the turtleneck. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I noticed the entire time. He was like, why are you wearing a turtleneck? He seemed really awkward in there. Like, he didn't want to be there. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> Just the turtleneck threw me off. But, uh, no, nah, yeah, that, that fight was... That fight was... Mm. That fight was... That's worth a rewatch. That's worth a couple rewatches. Like, that was one of those fights that you can just... Like, every now and again, if you're just sitting around, you don't got nothing to do, like, let me just watch this again. Just because. And just watch two dudes just kind of bite down on the mouthpiece and just slug it out. Do you, I guess before we get off the fight, do you think that style, like, because like you said, he, he did look, as entertaining as it was, it was kind of a little sloppy. Like, I don't see you think he should abandon that, but fight a little, what's the word? Smarter. Smarter, cleaner, <laughs> I guess. Like, hey, yeah, maybe, I felt like, but that, like this, this definitely could have went the other way. I mean, that could have easily have been him who got knocked right. down, but um, uh, it's it's a tricky line. Like, you, you, uh, like not, not to... Uh, uh, I don't know, mix the two sports up, but like you, you look at Justin Gaethje, um, and like he had success against Cowboy, do like just doing the complete opposite of what he's done in the past. But like, does that style of fighting get him the win over? I don't know, like Michael Johnson. All right. Like. Once you start playing with a guy's natural inclination, it gets really, really sticky. Because, like, okay, his instinct right now for, like, when he gets tagged is to throw back. You, you know, like, what, what do you do if you train into him to do something else? Like, is, do, do you get that split second of hesitation that costs him the fight and gets him put down? Do you... Like, are are you giving up points? Like, it, it gets so tricky. Like, I, I do think he should pair like pair down his game, put more, b- build more defense into his game. I guess like it's not like it's not there, but it's definitely not emphasized and it's definitely not prioritized. But at the same time, I don't want him to like entertainment value. Yes, but at the same time, like he th- this is what makes him a special fighter. This is what got him the win over Kel Brook and what got him the win over Sean Porter. He, he is doggedly freaking tough. And his entire game plan is I'm going to put like, I'm going to just stop my foot in the accelerator and go as hard as fucking possible. And you know, you're going to hit me, but you know, that's probably not going to be enough to stop me. So, ah, like, Probably, like, it'll happen eventually where his game gets pared down because that's just the way fighting is, but... 
I, I, I do get the worry for like, oh, if like he's gonna keep being in these wars. At the same time, though, like I'm trying to think of like who could possibly. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. there are a lot of talented fighters at 145, uh, 147. Um, yeah, so good fight, great yeah, fight, awesome fight. So if you didn't get a chance to watch Sean Porter and uh, Errol Spence, definitely go give that a watch. Amazing fight, one of, one of the best scraps you'll definitely see this year. And um, whoever Spence fights next, I'm watching. I want to see the Crawford fight, but yeah, that seems further and further away. But Whoever he fights next, I'm watching. Because every time I watch the Spence fight, I leave entertained. So that was uh, L. Spence and Sean Porter. God, we are just now <laughs> getting to the main event. No, no, it's ain't the main event. Spence Porter was the main event. This is like the co-main event. Mm. Not really, actually. Low-key, I was looking forward to Bellator 228 more than this. This is like the feature about... I don't know. <laughs> Man, this is just another UFC. Yeah, story. yeah, basically. A surprise, like we, I, I kind of ripped on it last week, but like I went back and looked at, it, I'm like, eh, this is, you know, this is yeah, fine. It's it fine. Cool. Like, it was cool. And like I said, we won't really get to mention the uh, the prelims much. Um, we'll give a couple of shout outs. There were a couple of notable notable performances. But, uh, yeah, pretty much from top to bottom, like, I pretty much enjoyed all this card. It wasn't, uh, yeah, I didn't have any problem at all with any of these fights. Like, everything was pretty solid. There were a lot of decisions on the prelims, but uh, from what I saw, I didn't get a chance to watch every fight. But from what I saw, it was it was solid. Yeah, like, none, like, none of the decisions were, like, exceptionally boring. Like, they were, for the most part, pretty fun. Um, Muradov and Decherico, like, just went ham at one another and like what I can only describe as like a young dad's fight. <laughs> uh, future future barbecue fight league champions. Okay. Oh, they got some time. They, they, they haven't even got their pot bellies right, yet. They'll, they'll but, get there. But uh Oh boy. Starting from the top. UFC Copenhagen. Headlined by Jared Cannonier and Jack Manson get right into it um i don't think we ever even really talked about this fight on the podcast but i was actually gonna roll with hermanson on this fight um after what i saw him do to jacare and me be befuddled by that performance i was like he could probably get cannonier down eventually and inflict some damage maybe i wouldn't sure if he'd get a finish but just be able to like wear wear out on him. Just wear on him for five rounds. Um, nah, <laughs> nah, did not happen. Uh, fight starts. Hermanson does get right at it. Starts uh throwing some leg kicks. Immediately shoots for a takedown. Not too long afterward. Uh, tries to put his all into it. Doesn't get it. I'm like, all right. So. I mean, he got one. He did. And yeah, he, he suplexed yeah, the that, shit out that of That sequence was dope. Like, he went for the takedown. I can't remember. Like, he, mm. like, spun around and, like, took his back. And then super... Like, that whole sequence was so dope. Like, suplexed him. Took his back. But you know what Cannonier did? 
He did the Derek Lewis. Yeah. yeah. Just stand, Just stand up. up. <laughs> no finesse. No uh, no instructions from the corner. Like, yo, I'm going to just get up. Like, that was cute, but I'm just going to get up. Uh, we're done Yeah, here. we're done here. And once that mm-hmm. happened, I was like, uh-oh, Jack might be uh, he might be in some trouble. He's uh, he's not respecting the takedowns, buddy. Um, And the only thing that had me thinking, like, maybe Hermansen could still win is that uh, Cannonier wasn't really throwing a whole lot at first. Like, he was being really patient and kind of economical. He wasn't, like, out here just winging punches. But uh, you could tell towards the end of the first that Cannonier was starting to settle in. Um, he landed a couple nasty calf kicks. Um, and he started getting uh, letting his hands go a little bit. And you could tell he was starting to settle in. And then, like, right as soon as, I didn't say as soon as the second round started, but it didn't take that long. Um... Second round, <laughs> Hermanson goes for a takedown and could not have picked a worse time because he got met with an uppercut that stumbled him back. And then Cannoneer uh, with some highly abusive ground and pound. Just punches and elbows. Just obliterates this poor man. <laughs> just... <laughs> just rains down blows on poor Hermanson. And, uh, yeah, that was it. All she wrote. Yeah. Um, I think Joey had a good read on this fight where he was like, yeah, it, it seemed like Jack Hermanson came into this fight believing that he only, like, not not that he only needed the takedown, but, like, he was, go- he was just going to be like, fuck it. I'm not going to exchange with Jared Cannonier on the feet because he hit so hard. Um, I'm going to so I'm going to focus solely on wrestling, and now he'll carry me through, or I will get knocked the fuck out. And he got knocked the fuck out. That uppercut that Cannonier hit um, while Hermanson was changing levels was a thing of beauty, though. Um, God, I, I feel dickish saying this, but, like, I I still don't know where Cannoneer is on, like, the, the scale of, like, actually good to, like, oh, he's just getting matchups that play to his, like, strengths. Which is part of it, like, you, you can never be completely dismissive of, like, oh, he, like, he's only winning, like, he, you can never be, like, he's only winning because he's getting the right matchups, because, like, even then, you have to have a particular skill set that makes you good and like Jack Hermans is a damn good fighter um but like it, it did feel like Hermanson conceded a whole part of the game to him because he was super reluctant to exchange with uh, Cannonier on the feet um I'm happy Cannonier won because he seems like a good dude yeah he had a nice um, little uh, nice little speech us- also, he controls the universe, and that scares me. <laughs> when he said that, I kind of say no speech is this. <laughs> what? I was like, whoa. Right, he's like, I... <laughs> the universe. Jared Cannonier just came out as right. God. I control the universe. The universe flows through me. I'm like, all right, buddy. All right, all right. <laughs> I believe yeah, you. I mean, when you uppercut somebody like that, I guess I can't really, uh, I can't disprove of what you're saying, so. 
And, and then he had a whole conversation with, I think it was Rashad Evans on the uh, the the post fight show where he talked about like quartz and the mystical healing properties or whatever. Uh, I missed that. <laughs> I missed all of that. But uh, shouts to um, God, uh, Pudonkers on uh on Tumblr who. I was with Woodley, who who had the my favorite comment on like Jerry Cannonier from this whole weekend. Uh, I was watching the post fight show where he was talking to Tyrone Woodley about energy and his properties of uh, the properties of his crystals, and realized he's pretty much the guy that Justin Willis sees himself as in his head. <laughs> I'm like, damn, damn. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Oh man, that is. Mm. 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 It, he's not wrong. That's one of those just drop the mic moments. Yeah, but props to Canada. He's out here putting Alaska on the map. Hey. His transformation from heavyweight to middleweight is crazy. I do it was like I weighed three hundred pounds before MMA. I but. Power of a diet. You know. Good diet. Moving somewhere where you can actually go outside right. <laughs> and do stuff. You know, it's working. So yeah, like you said, I, I don't know what Cannoneer's ceiling is, but when you hit that hard, I guess you're like you're always just one punch away. You know, he might just be one of those guys. But mm. we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. You keep putting people to sleep. They'll keep giving you fights, so I'm pretty sure we'll see him again soon. So congrats to Cannoneer. Uh Winning via TKO in the second round. Moving on to the co-main event at lightweight, which did not last long. Uh, did not last long at all. Uh, Mark Madsen versus Danilo Belluardo. Um At first, I was confused as to why Madsen got the co-main event because I was like, "You, you guys know this." Could potentially go wrong. Not saying it would, and it didn't. But you throw a new face on your co-main event, and if he would have got washed, you know, could have been another story. But that didn't happen. Not in the least. Um, fight starts. Madsen throws a flurry. Pretty much, he just kind of closed distance. Gets Belluardo against the cage. Uh, Belluardo kind of defends for like a brief second. And then uh, I think Madsen had um, got the underhook, had his hands clasped together and just kind of dragged Belluardo down and then had him pushed up against the cage and proceeded to just beat the life out of this man. Uh, landed some punches, went for a choke for like a quick second. Let it go, elbow, 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 punch, 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 game over. <laughs> that was, uh, that was that. That was that. Um, yeah, no, like, the, the, the um, crap, what are they called? The Danish? Is that what the yeah, people yeah, from yeah, Denmark are called? Yeah, we could be I'm sorry, guys. I, I am. 
I am zoning the fuck out here. Wrong, uh, but no, nah, they, 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 they were fucking wild for their home, their home country fighters, man. Uh, Mark, uh, Marco Madsen and, uh, Nicola Dalby got, like, the loudest cheers of the night by far. Like, to the point where you couldn't hear the bell. Right. For the Dalby fight, like, um, but Mar- Mark the Olympian O'Matson, like, a dude who, but for one man, would be a two-time Olympic gold medalist and, like, a six-time world champion in Greco-Roman, um, like he is an athletic freak and you mix that with like the technical Greco-Roman style of wrestling that he has like he's just gonna do damage regardless of whether or not he is um like an actual uh like future title contender or whatever because he is 35 years old but like he looks like he's in fantastic shape and it's not he's not like Yoel Romero who Yo, was in the Olympics like 20 years ago. Like, this is a dude who, at the very last Olympics, won a silver medal. Like, what, three years ago? Not even yet? Or, no, three years ago. So, like, a dude who realistically was, if he was going to compete this year or next year, would probably medal. Maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm making, um, you know, uh, maybe I'm making like a poor judgment. But, like, dude is really scary. Um, and, yeah, this was a showcase fight for him. Then he passed with flying colors. Like, take down, ground and pound, savage. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him again. I, I hope the UFC's not just doesn't bury him on European cards. I hope they, like... The, I hope there's like a plan to get him up the rankings, not quickly, but like in a timely manner. Right. Well, I mean, you're at lightweight. There, there aren't a shortage of matches. There, there shouldn't there, right. there shouldn't be a reason that we don't see him fight again. A hundred dudes on roster, you, you should be able to. Right. Somebody wants to smoke, <laughs> and he looks like he can dish it out. They cheered for that man. You after he got that TKO, you would have thought that like he was fighting for a title with how loud they yelled. Dude, yeah. <laughs> they, they went ballistic for this man. Um, so I hope it pans out, man. I hope it pans out for him. Cause they 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 were in love with this dude. Um, but Mark Madsen, keep an eye on him at lightweight. If he's taking people down like that and then beating them up, he's definitely somebody worth keeping an eye on. So, congrats to him. Uh, moving on to welterweight, uh, Gilbert Burns versus Gunnar Nelson. Um, it's a really, really close. These two are pretty even. Um, I want to say I gave the first round to Gunnar. Um, I think I did. You know, let me not lie. I don't remember how I scored this fight. <laughs> I feel like, like most of the rounds were kind of close. Um, the only difference being, like, no, this was one of those fights that, like, there, nobody did anything super, super crazy, which kind of just made it close. Like, it was one of those fights where if you just, if you outperform your opponent by just a little bit, it pretty much would give you the nod. Um, 
I thought Gunner did a, a, a decent job in the first. Um, I want to say he got the better of some of the strikes. And I think in the second, he had a nice little like little uppercut combo that he did. Um, and he was able to push Gilbert against the fence a lot. And he was the one uh had a lot of good control. But in that second round, I think a lot of his progress got erased by that knee <laughs> that he caught. Because that was probably the hardest hit of the entire fight. He caught that flying knee, and then uh, Burns tried to sink in that choke in the second. Didn't get it, but and then I think I think Burns ended that round on top also. Um, so he probably might have stole that second from Gunner. Um, he had landed a lot of nasty calf kicks too, because Gunner's leg, like his whole calf, was like another color. Um, yeah, but Burns chewed that leg up. I don't have a lot in specific detail. It was a really just close. They were really evenly matched. Um, a lot of the rounds just came down to like who just who had a moment this round, and whoever had a moment or was able to end the round or end like the last quarter round like a dominant position probably was what won you the fight. Um, but it was it was a cool match. I don't really have much say about this I, I i enjoyed it it was a they were really evenly matched um and i i think you saw that with the way it played out but gilbert burns ended up uh getting the decision yeah like burns just has a more consistent style of like striking offense it's not as really like technical but like uh flashy i guess as like gunner yeah. Cause like, um, but like it, it, it's effective at at like getting points, putting Burns in position to get his takedowns, which were the key. Like, it, was it the takedown in the third round that won the fight? Yeah, I think so. Cause like not a whole bunch was happening, but he uh, yeah, I think he picked up Gunner, took him for a ride. Like he had a big slam yeah. in that third round. Um, it's it's cool to see Burns have success at like 170. Like it is what it was second fight on like two weeks notice, and he's still out here right. <laughs> beating really skilled dudes like Nelson and uh, what's his name, Kachenko. So like, um, yeah, I'm I'm all for Burns sticking at 170 because he's looked good. Um, probably not the blowout fight. Uh. Well, I can't even say that because, like I said, he's on short notice. He's up a weight class that I'm not sure he's like fully developed into. Like he hasn't added on the muscle to make the weight. He's just like not cutting as much. But um, I, I'm I'm interested to see where he goes from here. Like this is a good fight, good performance, good good job all around. My favorite moment from this fight. <laughs> it was a very subtle moment, and it came from Gunnar Nelson. Did you see the, like, the jab slap thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was funny to me. Like, I don't, I can't really describe what he did, because it wasn't like a punch. But it was something. It was like this lunging slap that he did, very subtly. Um, and they mentioned it during commentaries. If you watch it, you'll, you'll, you'll know what it is. But that was funny. But... Props to both. It was, it was a cool, it was nice, entertaining, pretty evenly matched fight. But like I said, Gilbert just got got a, got a little more to offer, I guess. So congrats to Gilbert Burns, two week notice goat. 
Moving down. Oh, boy. Both of these next fights are 205. And boy, oh. <laughs> yeah, boy, oh, boy. All right. 205, man. Moving on down. What a garbage day. <laughs> Ian Kudalaba versus Khalil Roundtree. Um, so, Roundtree decided to take it back all the way to, like, the early days of UFC. And he decided that he was going to go out and prove that Muay Thai is the best martial art. And he did that by only trading Muay Thai. Uh, so, how did that work out for him? Well... I'll say in his defense, um, but he hits extremely hard. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I got to give him some props. He didn't land a lot in this fight, but boy, when he did, did it just sound really painful. Um, he caught Kudalaba with a right, I want to say. Um, he threw a nasty body kick. Uh, but it got, and I think uh, Kudalaba caught it, and then he proceeded to try to throw punches while he was one foot. You know how that, you know, <laughs> that doesn't ever really work out. Um, Kudalaba repeatedly to get takedowns would just sweep Roundtree's feet from under him. Like I think that was like how he got like almost every takedown. He just kept sweeping his feet up. Just I don't know, it, and it kept working over and over. He just sweep the feet, and Khalil just went down. Um, and I think at one point they were clinched against the cage. Uh, Roundtree did land a nice elbow that kind of backed Kudalaba up. But uh, that was like the last of like Roundtree's offense. Uh, Kudalaba, I think, caught Roundtree with a Superman punch. Um, I'm trying to remember. Oh, yeah. He slipped his feet out from under him. He had, um, I think he had Roundtree against the cage, and he literally just put his foot behind like his ankle, sweep, <laughs> just got Roundtree on the ground, and that ground and pound boy, um, kind of like, uh, somewhat similar to the Cannoneer fight, very abusive, um, ground and pound, just elbow on elbow on elbow, and, uh, Roundtree didn't make it out the first. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, if you're going to fight a dude who has a, been wrestling since he was like five years old, maybe train to stop some takedowns. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I was going to say he tried, but... uh. Did he really, though? <laughs> he got the tape. That was pretty easy. <laughs> like I said, foot sweep pretty much just equal to takedown. Um, pretty consistently. And then after this fight, I thought... I had to puff my chest out for a little bit. Couldn't, couldn't do that to old man Glover. He ain't take that. Yeah. <laughs> Old man Glover wasn't with none of that nonsense. Kicked him right off the line. But that's another another story for another day. Or I mean fight already happened. You can go you guys can go watch it. But <laughs> after the fight that just made me laugh like Ah, he really got Roundtree out of here real quick, but Old Man Glover. He couldn't he couldn't do that with him. But uh 
Oh man, Kudalab is a savage though. Like, he 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 is a a savage human being, and uh, he he unleashed on Roundtree with that with those elbows, and he got him out of there first round. So congrats to Ian Kudalaba. And continuing the 205 shenanigans. Boy, oh boy. The man, he, he's, OSP for me is kind of like Michael Johnson in a sense. Where I look at both of their careers and I'm like confused sometimes. Mm. I, think, <laughs> I think both of them, well... I think they're both really talented, but, like, something is just, like, sometimes just ain't clicking, and I don't really know what it is, um, and just, like, some fights go in their favor, and then sometimes they just, you just, you don't, you never really know what's gonna happen, OSP is just one of those guys for me, like, I like him, but every time I watch him fight, I'm like, I just don't know what's, I cannot predict his fights, I don't know what's, what he's gonna do. Or what he's not going to do. But Ovince Proof versus uh, Mihal. Oh, God, I heard them pronounce this and I even practiced it and now I don't remember it. O Olin Shejuk. That's probably completely wrong. I heard them say it like 30 times. Like, I'm going to remember this for the podcast. And I, I don't. <laughs> but um, Mihal came out with them hands, ready to go, out the gate, as soon as the fight starts. He's cracking OSP with lefts. He's throwing combinations. He is just beating the life out of I ain't, I ain't say beating the life, but he's laying a lot of hands on OSP. Out the gate. Just combinations in his face. Wasn't trying to let OSP breathe. Um, didn't he drop him in the first? Well, I feel like he did. I don't know if he stumbled or if he was off balance, but I feel like he dropped him. He definitely hurt him. I don't know if he dropped him. But either way, he was he was dropping, he was landing bombs on OSP, like straight out the gate. Um, But OSP, you know, he was eating them. It wasn't looking good. <laughs> he was doing some retreating. But he was eating them. He, he was taking the shots. He, he was taking them on his chin. And you kind of got the sense close to the, around like the end of that first round, maybe about the last minute, it seemed like OSP was starting to settle in a little bit. Um, he wasn't getting tagged as much, and he finally was starting to offer some resistance. And then in the second, you could tell that OSP was really like, all right, now it's kind of time for me to, time for me to fight back pretty much <laughs> like, right. he, like he took the first round off second round uh that he, he throws that front kick to the body a lot that uh he landed he landed that a, a really good number of times um he had a couple of really good clinch moments too i felt like where he was landing some good uppercuts in the clinch um and then he started to catch uh mihal with a couple of combinations it's like all right now we gotta we gotta fight now like osp is he had to eat an 80 punch combo, but it woke him up, so I'll, I'll take it. Um, I guess I just gotta get straight to the finish, because I was a little. I was. Con Props to OSP, because he's still getting this off. But I was also confused, like. You guys know that 
He is the only man who lands this submission. It's mm-hmm. just him. Nobody else. There's nobody else who does this. He's the only one who has this special move. And y'all didn't. Nobody prepared. Nobody. Well, like, I'll give Mihal this. It didn't look like he was going for it. Like a, like a guillotine or anything. Um, OSP kind of just wrapped his arm <laughs> around him himself. It was slick. Mm. Yeah. And I guess also I can't uh, be too hard on uh, Mihal. But when I, when I was looking at like their body shape, I was like, he's a small 205er. Yeah, no, he's a 185er. Yeah. Definitely. Like, if he was, like, 10, 15 pounds ever, he probably would have won the fight. Yeah, because he, he is not a big 205 at all. And you look at OSP, that, that's a big, it's a, grown, it's a grown man body. And, like, I can only imagine, like, he sinks in the Von Prue, and it's definitely the Von Prue now. Like, I can only imagine, like, the amount of pressure that was. Because he was leaning into that bad boy. Um like you said, yeah, it was slick how he kind of, he just grabs his arm like, yeah, I'm going to take this real quick because uh, I need this to execute my choke or my, my submission. Um, I forgot, how, how many Von Prues is this now? Four. That is insane. Insane. Um, yeah, that's wild. Um Like, like, OSP is basically in, like, his Glover to Shara phase of, like, his career where, like, he's going to get beat up in the first round. But, like, he's been enough long enough. He's been around long enough that he's crafty and composed enough that he doesn't, like, panic when he starts to get beat up. So, like, he always has a chance to just storm back in the second round. Like, he, like, the, the old man strength is still there. Like, the speed probably isn't. The explosiveness probably the explosiveness isn't, but like, d- dude still knows how to fight. He's got like fifty re- fights on his resume. Like, he, he, if he can get you down, he he has a short list of submissions, and they're all the Ron Pru choke <laughs> uh, to work towards. So, like, yeah, no, so good win for OSP. Uh, it's nice to see that he stopped the small skid. Lives to fight another day. It, another one of those fights. I was like, only at two hundred five. Only at two hundred five are we getting off Von flu chokes. <laughs> like, <laughs> only at two hundred five is this happening? Where a guy does it four times. Like, but hey, man, if you got a special move, it is what it is. But congrats to OSP. Glad he got the win, especially considering how the first round went. So, way to come back from adversity, bring bring out the the secret technique on him. They never saw it coming. So, congrats to OSP. Won it via Von Fluchoke in the second round. And rounding out the main card, uh, Nicholas Dalby making his UFC return against Alex Oliveira. Um... I got two, two, two immediate thoughts. As soon as I uh, they were doing entrances, 
first thought was, uh, isn't Oliveira still got the charges going? Isn't that still a thing? Yeah. Um, yeah. No one's said anything since his got his manager or whatever came out and was like, these charges are fake. He's turning himself in. So I have no idea what's happening. I, I did. Somebody posted on Twitter, but I couldn't read all of it. They talked about it in some Brazilian, I think, newspaper. So the article was like a rough English translation. But it was a really rough translation, so it was kind of hard to kind of keep up with like what was actually happening with this whole thing. So I can't really remember. Um, but it, it, it's definitely, it, it's still like an ongoing thing, I'm pretty sure of. Uh. I just got, can't remember who posted it on Twitter, but there, there was some article out there about, uh, about that. But th- there was a lot going on in this fight. Um, uh, for one, Alex Oliveira's hair was a thing. Um, I don't know what that was, but, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I don't really know what that was, but I didn't, I didn't appreciate it. Um. He looked like a, oh God, um, he, he looked like a little girl. Yeah. I was like, bro, you're, you're probably going to lose this. And he did. Yeah. <laughs> so you had the hair. That, that was a thing. Um, refereeing was a thing in this fight. Um, a few questionable <laughs> uh, moments. And it sucks because I don't want to take away from the fight. Because good for Nicholas Dalby. Like, he's out of the UFC for what? Like three years? Two, two three years? Goes over to Cage Warriors. Puts on a lot of good fights. One fight that was literally so bloody that they had to stop it because <laughs> they were slipping all over the cage. Makes his way back into the UFC. Gets this comeback fight against Cowboy Oliveira. Um, and I, I liked a lot of what he did too. He landed a nice... There was this one combination where like he... threw like a 1-2 and then he threw like two knees. Like, two, like, stepping knees. I can't remember. I want to say it was, like, the second round. But I, I like some of the combinations he was uh, he was able to get off. And, um, God, was it the first round? He had a switch in, like, the first or the second round that I thought was really clean. Um, I think he tried it again at the end. and It, it didn't work, but then it ended up working anyway. I kind of forgot how it it all happened. But I, I like what I saw from Dolby and like his, his comeback fight. Like he looked he looked really good. Striking was, was pretty decent. He was taking the fight to Oliveira. Um I, I like I like what I saw from it. It it was a kind of really grinded out, kinda of like really grimy, kinda of dirty, uh dirty fight. But boy the the refereeing kinda of took away from the fun of the matchup. Like at, at one point, um <laughs> Dolby Dolby has like Oliveira on the ground or in the process of getting him on the no I think I'm pretty sure he was on the ground and Oliveira threw an up kick which was illegal and the rough stops the fight to one Oliveira cool but he stands them back up so yeah <laughs> Dolby completely loses the position that he had and luckily like nothing happened within like the last 10 seconds because that would have been trash had he stood in the back up, and then, like, Oliveira gets a KO. And now we're all looking at the ref like, that shouldn't you... 
shouldn't have even been a thing. And then in the, remember the second or the third, God's just like 11-something, man. My memory's fading. But (laughs) 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 memory is sinking by the minute. I think if we were thinking about what I'm thinking about, it's the third round. Yeah, like, Oliveira's on top. And albeit, he's not landing anything brutal, but he's throwing punches. And he's in a dominant position. And the ref's like, nope. Gotta stand back up. And it's like, (laughs) you probably just... I'm not saying... Yeah, yeah, you probably... He he cost him the fight. Like, if we're being real. And it's like, bro, you just... You're all over the place. You are all just all over the place. Um, And it just... kind of took away from because this wasn't an entertaining and it was a fun scrap and it's just uh, the referee just kind of took away from some of it um but no i I was happy for dolby i I like what i saw from dolby yeah um dolby fought tough grindy fight against the guy who that's the grind out his opponents pretty quickly um, with his like pure athleticism and physicality. Um, it's really dope. I think this is like his fifth fight in the UFC because he won his first one, went fought to a draw with Darren Till, and then proceeded to lose his next three. So yeah, this is like his second win in the UFC in his six fights. Um, so props to Dolby. He was able to do it at home. Hard fought, like yeah, he was basically awarded the fight by the um, by by the referee, but at the same time, like at, at least he had, at, at least it went both ways, you know. Right, yeah, they they both got yeah. So I will I will admit, um, Dolby's was way more impactful because it didn't come in the last ten seconds of the round. Sticking your nose where it doesn't belong. But, uh. So that's what Oliver gets for coming out with that hair. So. Maybe do a better hairdo next time. Maybe, uh. You know. That's why the ref picked you up. He was tired of looking at your. Those weren't cornrows. I don't know what those were, but. Uh, what is it called when you rubber band your hair like that? I think it would be like twists. I think it was. Re- I don't even think it was so much the twist. It was the green. <laughs> like, it was the green that was like this. Just looks. Some about this just looks off. Right. It, it looked. It looked weird. But uh. Please stop. Yeah. Don't do that again. But it was a fun, just like you said, really just gritty, grimy fight that was entertaining to watch, but. Refereeing just kind of took away from some of it and probably altered the course of the fight. But it is what it is, man. But that was uh, a. That'd be life. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, that's that's life sometimes. Well, actually, real quick, um, before we close out, um, I'll I'll give a quick mention to some of the prelims. Uh, Shout out to John Phillips, who knocked out Alan uh, (laughs) Medowski in 17 seconds. Uh, cleaned his clock real quick, got him out of here. Uh, like you said, uh, Alessio DeKirico and was it Mahmoud Muradov 
who just hated each other for three rounds and just <laughs> just slugged it out. Uh, future barbecue fight league champions in the next 10, 15 years. Uh, if we're still around. <laughs> um, uh, and by the way, uh, Mahmoud Muradov won. Uh, he beat uh, Dakir Kobe in unanimous decision. Uh, Ismail Narudiv and uh, defeated Sire Baharzada via the unanimous decision. I actually did not get a chance to watch that fight. I think I fell asleep while I was going. I was just kind of dozing enough. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, coming from Glory. Uh, Giga. Giga. God, I can never say that last name. Kazi, uh, defeated Brandon Davis via split decision, but actually, you know what, oh, yeah, 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 so th th they call this a draw at first, right? Yeah, yeah. which, wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah. apparently they just add this, like, this was a queer, like, like, it, it's charitable to even give Davis, like, a 29-28 in my book, because, like, good, like, Chikazi beat his ass. Um, yeah, like, e even the split kind of just blows my mind, so. Yeah, well, at least there was a winner, because originally this fight was scored a draw, and then somebody realized they didn't carry over the one, or that, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and then, you carried over the wrong one. Right, so they had to come back and be like, oh yeah, no, it wasn't a draw, uh, Giga won. So Giga comes over from uh, Glory. Gets his uh, UFC debut win, so congrats to him. Uh, Lena Landsberg defeated Macy Chiasone via unanimous decision. Uh, Mark Dia Casey had a pretty good showing against Lando Venata. He won via unanimous decision. And uh, shout out to Jack Shore, man. Uh, defeated uh, Nolan Hernandez, who had a really good showing against Tito Vera in his debut. Um, but I thought Jack Shore looked really good. Yeah, it looked great. Like. I'm always, I think I've said it like a million times, but like I'm always hesitant to like give any stock to these like UK wrestle slash submission fighters, but Jack looked good. Um, got, was it Noellen? Uh, hesitant off the jab. Like that really, he has a really nice stiff jab. Got him really reactive. Uh, was able to use that to turn those, uh, turn Noellen's like, Offenses to takedowns um, was really controlling on the ground. He moves between phases really well. I think that's the thing that stood out to me. Like, there's a sequence when he's starting to stand up from, um, who was it? Like, I, I want to say like he like he got swept or something, and like he just decides to get up, but he got like Noellen's head like trapped on the way up. And he just turns into like a quick series of knees before he lets him go and gets back to work. Like it's really, it's really cool stuff. Yeah. So, shout out to him. Could possibly be somebody to look out for a bantamweight. He got the win via redneck choke. Uh, and that was it. That was UFC Copenhagen. Um, like we said, man, it was a pretty, it was a pretty dope car from top to bottom. Like, maybe not big on like names, but like. Good performances. I thought the matchmaking was pretty good. Pretty good. Like a lot of these guys were pretty like evenly matched, and it made for a lot of entertaining fights. And we got finishes, got submissions, got some, some nice back and forth scraps. Got got a little bit of everything. So that was UFC Copenhagen. Pretty dope. 
So go back and watch it. I guess the good thing about all the fights, well, most of the fights we mentioned, uh, between Fight Pass, the Zone, and Bellator's website, uh, you can watch UFC Copenhagen, Bellator Dublin, Bellator 227, and 228 uh, for Sean Porter versus Spence and Benavidez versus Darrell. Uh, you have to use some other devices, <laughs> but they're out there. But um, nah, man, all all the fights, all the cards were. Alright, uh, not all of them, but <laughs> you know what to go back and rewatch. Right. Um, you, you know what to go back and watch. If you don't watch anything else, or if you can only watch one thing, watch Spence and Porter. Errol, Errol Spence versus Sean Porter was definitely the best fight that happened this weekend, like by far. Um, so somehow we actually got we got through it. That was a lot of fights to cover. Um, we probably will just be hitting three hours, but we had to cover like four cards, so. It, it, it was, My brain hurts. Yeah, I'm, yeah. It's it's after midnight now. I'm fading, so we can go ahead and uh. I don't say we can close. You know what? Yeah, we can go ahead and close the part and shots and shout outs. I was gonna say I don't. I don't really. I, oh, sorry. All right, sorry. Um, <laughs> before we do that, I'm completely mind boggled. Next week, UFC 243, Israel Adesanya. Versus uh, Robert Whitaker, and then co-main event, uh, Ally Quinta versus Dan Hooker. That's basically it. Yeah, the rest of the. That's the that's like the worst. Yeah. card I've ever seen. You got a strong one too, and after that, <laughs> it is, it is a drop, like it is a drop. Um, but that's next week. So. uh be on the lookout for the main event and co-main event. <laughs> the rest of that card, man. For a pay-per-view, nah. Nah. But that that's I love the main event, though. Main event is amazing. Co-main event's going to be fire. But the rest of that card for a pay-per-view, bro, that ain't worth the money. It's not. But we'll talk about it next week. Now... Parting uh, shots and shots. Whoa, 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 whoa. That was another thing. Yeah. The fight, man. Koreshkov versus Larkin. Oh, that's next week? Hold up. Next week is October, right? Yeah, October. Oh, yeah, you're right. That is next week. Yeah. I'm not completely fucking crazy. (laughs) All right, not, not all hope is lost. Not all hope is lost. Who else is on this card? Sayad Awad versus Goiti Yamauchi. Derek Anderson versus Guillermo Bomba. Joe Schilling versus Tony Johnson. And Anatoly Tokov versus Racho Darpinian. Alright, that should be a decent time. Uh, oh, Joey Davis on the undercard, or the prelims. There we go. Alright. Be- be- okay, between Bellator and... That pay-per-view. Well, this uh, uh, two more for you. Is it two more? Yeah. Well, there's Invicta obviously on Friday. Um, but you got some boxing. Oh, throwing, throwing hands. Uh, Gennady Glovkin. Oh, and Kovalev. No, uh, Sergey Derevchev, Derevyanchenko. Who's Kovalev fighting? Kovalev's fighting Canelo. Oh yeah, yeah. God, I... 
Bro, it's, it's, yeah, y'all, it's midnight. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Um, is there anything else? No, Ryzen's not to the twelfth. Uh, Clarissa Shields is fighting next week. Uh, Showtime, I believe, against uh, Habizen. I'm too tired to even check and see if that name is right. Um, and there's a one championship heroes card, I think. So yeah, it, it's tough. Cool. All right, at least more than that pay per view, because yeah, I got a feeling we won't be talking about a lot from that card outside of those uh those two aforementioned fights. <laughs> are, are you not? Are you not looking forward to Luke Jamal? 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 Uh, I don't remember how to say his name. Yeah, I mean, I I wish him well, but uh, <laughs> I can't I can't say he's uh he's bringing up the hype level. But, uh, we'll, we'll see. But, uh, alright, that's cool. The next week should be fun. Next week should be fun. Excuse me. Alright. Now we can, uh, close with, uh, parting shot and shout out. Um, I don't even, it's not even really a shot or shout out. Just, I guess, kind of like shout out to LFA. Who, um, unfortunately, from the last I read, had to, like, postpone, uh, I think two of their upcoming cards because they still don't have, um... A distributor. Yeah, they don't have a distributor. They don't have any broadcast deal, which, to me, is insane. Like, this is too good of a promotion to still have them just kind of floating out with the ethos. Uh, floating out in the ethos with no, uh... Like they they need they they have they should be on a platform. Like there's no way a promotion that's this good should just kind of be out here just wandering and having to postpone cards because they don't. Uh, yeah, I got the article pulled up. Uh, LFA seventy six. Uh, okay, that was the final event. So LFA seventy eight uh, supposed to be in Colorado and LFA seventy nine was supposed to be in California. Both moved back. To a later date. Meanwhile, LFA 77 will not air live anywhere, but the fights will be recorded to be shown at a later date. Like, that's... Wow. That's crazy. Um, but it does say they're in the process of seeking a new broadcast partner. Once our new deal is finalized, we'll continue developing the next generation, blah, 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 blah. But, and meanwhile, like, they're in limbo, and that's not good. No bueno. Yeah, not good, man. No bueno. So, please, somebody, anybody, the zone, fight pass, whatever, TV network, like, somebody pick these guys up. So many good fights. Like, most of their champions go on to go to other major, major organizations. These guys need to be on television or streaming service or somewhere. Like, they need to be somewhere. So, shout out to LFA, man. I, I hope you guys... Uh, I hope you guys find a home soon, because I, I really enjoy watching their cards when I do get a chance to check them out. Yeah. Uh, shout outs. Oh, um, so 
I think I, I've mentioned this before. I'm a children's librarian, assistant, associate, whatever. Um, so like, and like, gra- like comic books has always been like a thing I really like. Um, and what's really cool about my job is like I get to see like what people are actually reading. Um, I work in the children's department, so it's mostly just kids, but. Something really cool happened this past week. Um, Raina Telgemeier's Guts is the best-selling book in the United States. Um, it beat out Stephen King's, uh, like, in first week sale, it beat out Stephen King's book. Uh, I don't even, uh, I can't remember what it's called. Um, it, it sold something like 75,000 copies first week um it got a million print run so it's probably gonna sell a shit some more but what makes it really cool is there's another kids graphic novel that's the third best-selling comic or third best-selling book in the united states uh dog man brawl of the wild um and it, like i don't know how like how closely you follow comics but like there's been like this big, um, I don't want to call it movement, but like, there's been this like fray, like people, like there have been a lot of like comic fatalists lately in the last few years because like the superhero comics don't sell as well as they used to, but like the medium as a whole is doing fine. The vast majority of, like, comic sales don't come from, like, DC or Marvel. They come from, like, Viz Media and, like, Scholastic. Um, so, yeah, go pick up a comic book for your kids. Shout-outs shout to all the uh, the all-ages comic creators out there who are grinding away. Um, and who, you know, so, so, tells some really great personal stories. Um. That's somebody else I wanted to shout out. Shouts to, um, I don't think we talked about Mark Diacasey. Who had, it just looks like a man reborn in his last two fights. Um, he beat, what's his face, uh, Lando Venata at UFC Copenhagen. Uh, beat Joe Duffy. I, I can't remember if it was earlier this year or last year. But he, he just looks like he, like he is a man reborn. Like he he's still the rangy outfighter that we know him, at, we knew him as on like as he was uh, coming up, but he he seems to have found more comfort in like pushing a pace, uh, putting his strikes together, keep up the volume, um, just uh like he he's no longer just going to like let you march him down and uh you know dictate the uh the the pace and range of the fight so that it was really cool to see him do his thing this past saturday so shout out to him hopefully he keeps going because i remember like when he first went on like his little run like a lot of people thought really really highly of him and then he went on a skid and it was like oh (laughs) he he was in playgirl magazine bro Uh, he was in playgirl magazine well yeah, out here. <laughs> he, he, yeah, that's one way to put it. Yeah, he's, he, right, <laughs> he's out here. 
Yes, that's that's the bark, man. Keep uh keep doing your thing. All right, y'all. It's uh it's been a long episode, but we had a lot to cover, so you know, tried to not go to three hours, but some things can't be helped. There was a a ton to talk about, but all things considered, I think we got through it pretty well. So as always, give this podcast a listen. SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio apparently, <laughs> YouTube, send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at Yahoo.com. Hit us up on social media at the Dojo Talk that Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page as well as the Instagram page. And follow me on Twitter and Twitch at Serial Sensei and buy my book, The Oddball Chronicles, ninety nine cents for digital. Eight ninety nine for physical copy. That is all we got for today. So as always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And until next time, we will catch you guys later.